I'm back. Let's go. Welcome to Last Chance Q with myself, Coach JB and Sean Salisbury. We will not talk over the amateur or under the expert. It's not only the X's and O's, but it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. And it's not just quarterbacks. We got all the positions teaching, coaching, laughing, and joking. We're using football terminology so we can get through this faster than we we don't want to use these long terms, coach. We don't we got quick verbiage to get to the point. Last chance cute with the great legendary Sean Salisbury. What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB here for another episode of Last Chance Q. Uh, this is our seventh little install uh, this year with Sean Salisbury. Uh, bringing Sean in. Sean's here. Great to join us. Sean, what's up, brother? Uh, hope all is well. All good, brother. Good to be with you. Thank you. How you doing? Hey, you know, they, I, I heard something today. They said when you call someone brother, you have earned or gained their respect. I would agree with that. What, I mean, what happens when I call? What, 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 what happens when I call the girls fat hoes? Do they gain? Do they have the same respect? It's with a ph. Oh yeah, if you if you label with a ph, that means it's respect. If you put an f on it, then that's that's disrespect. What happened to you, man? Uh, everything, every fucking thing imaginable. If you put it with an f, that's the d- disrespect. What about thick? Oh, no, that's a good thing. You put it with two C's, it's good? Yeah, if you'd have said that like um, 40 years ago when it was all about, you know, nobody had any ass back in the day. Remember when it was the supermodels and all that? They were like, they were like, looked like uh, olive oil on um, their body, olive oil on Popeye, you know. Hey, you're you're not, tell everybody, you're not the normal white cat. You're from the Dito, man. You're from Escondido. I don't know anything about Esco, dude. I'm from the LBC, first off. Yeah. And and, uh, Esco, Mean Streets of Esco. They don't know. Come on, man. We're not the white guy that walks around and goes, she's fat. She's got a fat ass, and she really doesn't have any ass at all. Right. No, fat ass to us means ass. We want to see real ass. That mean that's a good thing. Yes, that that is a good thing. God, when, when you say that, and listen, man, yeah, we're not like two white guys that you see in Iowa City Airport, okay, or walking through a, an airport in Cleveland. Not that Cleveland's like, but you know, just you go through, and all of a sudden you you're at the you're at the airport in Kansas City, and there's two average white dudes. You know, no, uh. Uh-uh. That's not it. That they all look like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. What's my guy's, uh, Brad Childress. Remember when Childress was a coach? Hell yeah. They, they just kind of that look, you know, that, oh, I love Brad. Was, I'm not, not dogging Brad, yeah. you know. We like Brad, Brad kind of has a Squidward look about him. I love yeah. Brad Childress, but you know, like what we every guy that looks like back. Andy Reid, you know what I mean? Yeah, we all want that just, ass to bounce back at us. Yeah. Well, who, yeah, if you don't, I, I don't know, man. I just, uh, you can keep that skinny thing. Not that I'm dogging much respect to the to the skinny ones too, but I'll pass. Thanks. Yeah, I'll pass, man. Cause I got pipe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got pipe. You don't. You don't need. You got to have some meat. <laughs> Sean, are you looking at your grill? No, what's going on over there? I, I just took a, 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 a one to the le- just a glance to the left. 
and so the, the 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 wrath you come your way. You know what I'm saying? You was that, that the wrath. side of just? Was that the side of just? Yeah, it was a hot read, man. I threw it. I threw it. It was four week. Man, at a fourth week, I had a glance left to throw a quick a quick looky. Okay, just a little, just just a little glance route to get it out of my hand. A little side adjustment. That's exactly right. What happened to you, man? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what happened to me is you. I came on here normal, and I'm leaving here as fucked up as you can ever imagine. The more I, it's like, it's, you, you, hey, you're man, a freaking nut you job. They say one bad apple ruins a whole fucking batch. Well, shit. You're not a bad apple. You're just a wacko apple, man. You're the one that you asked for green apples, and all of a sudden you're the one red one that kind of showed up in a green apple bunch. Like it right. Like it right. Hey, how about this? Uh, we're going to get to this show. We're going to show some Joe Burrow. We're going to show some Mahomes. Then we're going to move on. Sean's going to move to his TV. I'm going to move in the, stu- in the cigar lounge. We're going to watch the Shrine game, and we're going to critique the quarterbacks in that game live for a little watch party for, for a couple minutes with you guys. I'll probably light a cigar, sip on some yak. Uh, Sean's got a, a Budweiser spritzer. Uh, he probably yeah. bust out. Ain't no, and, white claw, uh, ain't no white claws or... or- Truly, White claws are truly survivors yeah, right now. Hey, they, hey, on all seriousness, they got they having the damn Peyton Manning, Eli Manning skills and drills right now for the Pro Bowl, right. and it's it's a mockery at this point. But you know what? Um, Derek Carr, he he basically is a guy that we've always said. You know what? Well, uh, I want to show this real quick to everybody. I think he wants to show a little something out there. You here. Go. He hits the, the four right off. I ain't the missing back. the beat. Uh-oh. There you go, back to back. He said, listen, I'm the career leader in passing yards and touchdowns for the Raiders. Let me show them what they're missing. I ain't missing the beat, baby. Come on now. Here we go. three. There you go. That is. Remember, he needs 16 points. He's at. He done. Wow. He got 16. Come on now. He got 16. He's at 14. There it is. All right. That is right Show them what they're missing, Derek Carr. is going to win this. This personal. This feel personal. It is personal. That's what I'm talking about. Hit the drone. Can we get a shot of his his head? Okay, D-Carr. Let's go. Okay, D-Carr. Okay. Man, you talk about one? precise. Yeah, yes. he was. I posted a clip on Twitter yesterday. He was on fire. He's still on fire right they got, now. They got some, they got 24 some people, points, they got some people around the league watching this right now. 26. Ooh. Look at it. Look at it. Let him know. Look at it. Seven seconds. Six. Five. Four. Oh, my gosh. Two. Where am I out, Where am I out? Where am I out? There you right. go. 31 points. Look at Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at Look at that. 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 But it's right there in fucking shorts, Sean. He can spin it in shorts. He can't spin it in pads with Ray Lewis barreling down on him. That's the problem. That's why he's leaving the Raiders. It ain't because he can't spin it. But we've seen these guys before. We've seen the Tony Banks of the world. We've seen the guys who can spin it with, with shorts on. This guy just don't have that it factor, nuts and gut factor that we've 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 so eloquently watched him on film and put it. Man, um, I want to. I, I love. I, I, listen, I want to. I want to love him even more, dude. Because I, I've seen so many flashes of him where I'm like, he's he's arrived. He's at another level. And then it'll kind of. It's not that he can't spin it eleven on eleven. He can. It's the consistent spinning it to the right guy on a regular basis that we're talking about. Of course. Derek Carr can throw it. 
And no matter where he goes next, they're going to get a good starting quarterback who's going to throw for a lot of yards. But the inconsistencies in certain situations and moments are going to are going to be uh, frustrate you. Listen, you saw right there that dude, he's accurate as hell. Now, putting gear on is a little different story, but and I would imagine he's rolling around with a chip on his shoulder, man. I, I would. I, I, that, that, I don't have the clip. This that just happened 20 minutes ago. I don't have the clip. He said, uh, they said, man, you're on fire. He goes, yeah, I'm on fire. Uh, probably why I'm leaving here. So he made a little joke. A little dig, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he just. I love it. I understand his frustration, JB. I do. He's he's had a, what's he, nine years in a league? He's He's been a good player. He yeah. has. And at times he's been a great player. Come from behind victories. The the question at this stage, at nine years in, is he who? I mean, don't we have a pretty good idea who the player is? Yeah. The player is a four thousand yard passer, yep. thirty touchdowns, a dozen picks, and and make some phenomenal throws. Then you'll come out of about two games after they'll go four and one, and then he may get two games where you're like, oh my gosh. Yep. I thought this was my franchise quarterback, and that's it. And he's making forty million a year. Derek Carr can play. Derek Carr. The question is, it's not getting Carr or Cousins or Prescott or are they going to get you to February? Is the question now at this stage of his career? I mean, that's all that matters. That's all that matters yeah, now, right? Saying. Yeah, I, I I have nothing but respect for Carr. I didn't like the way his last two games ended by him not going to stand at the facility. That bothered me. But yeah, the hell that good dude can that dude can flip it around the yard man ain't no doubt yeah but 11 on 11 it's a tad bit different that's why the combine to me when i see quarterbacks throw shit if you can't hit 60 out of 65 throws in your pro day in shorts and a t-shirt then it's probably best you take two weeks off and go play and quit do something else i'm not talking about car i'm talking about any of them so car can play you got to know what you're getting and the question is what level will he get you to if you go to indy or carolina or new orleans is he the guy to get you playing in the first or second week of February? That's what you have to ask yourself. And maybe, maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe he will get him to the level. He'll get you to January sometimes. The yeah. question is, can he get you farther? That's just that's the key. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he can. That's just me. I think he's a. I just don't. Well, the Raiders he, don't either. Or they, they don't have it. Right, yeah, the sorry, just don't have it. We've seen nine years of him, Sean. He's not going to come out in year ten and just shock everybody like we haven't seen this guy before. Right. Uh, Somebody in the chat said he needs stability. He's fucking been in one place for nine years. How goddamn stable can you be? Right. I don't know if he's talking about one coach. Unfortunately, he's talking about that's coordinators. He's right. Talking that's about coordinators. not. That's not. That's not logical these days. That we, we don't break that down have. for everybody that you played in the league and let everyone know we don't have those excuses. We cannot make those excuses. Ask Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rod. Ask those guys who have played for multiple coordinators. It doesn't matter. You got to well, get it done. Here's the deal, too. If you're a good team that's a high-powered offense, your coordinator's leaving or a great defense. Because if you got Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels has had the opportunity to leave three times now to Denver, was offered the Indianapolis Colts gig, turned it down at the 11th hour, and now he's in the Raiders. Why? He's a good play caller, and he has the GOAT, throwing the ball for him so good put it this way if you are putting up numbers like Rodgers and those guys and you're not getting jobs as the coordinator then the rest of the league thinks you're horse shit calling plays you got, so, you got Devontae Adams coach uh Sean 
I mean, nobody's going to have – nobody feels sorry for you. Right. They're not – and I hate – I understand what you want. I get it. I mean, hell, would, would Jim Fields has had two in two years. Tua's had, what, two or three. Mayfield had a bunch of them in Cleveland. Darnold's on his, you know, third or fourth one in a can of handful. Daniel I mean, Jones? Zach Wilson's already going to be on his second in three years. I mean, LaFleur's on now. Daniel, that, that's exactly right. I mean, while I get it, but a quarterback, I hate to say this, and us mere mortals weren't good enough to sustain a franchise for 18 years, but in my time in Minnesota, Tom Moore, Mark Trestman, Brian Billick, I mean, they, they, and they're all good, shit. They're, they all coach the ass off at the highest of high levels, and, and but good ones, Bob Schnelker, I mean, and shot, you had to learn new shit, right? Well, listen, I don't want to hear the excuse. Listen, I've been asked this question a million times. Well, when you go to a new system, it takes a learning curve of tears. Fuck that. No, they if don't. you're a nine-year veteran or an eight, like Russ Wilson this year, if it takes you that long, then you know, play the rookie. I mean, I don't want to hear the, well, the verbiage. You've had a whole offseason, a whole training camp, a regular season. Bullshit. Then how do you – how can we – then, then what, what, what do we say when a guy has a half a week to prepare, comes in and can execute an offense? Because quick study, I don't really want to hear. I'm not saying for our person who chimed in, but I can tell you this. that, that To me, that's a, not what he said, but anybody making the excuse, well, listen, he's had three coordinates. I, I get it. Yeah. It's called pro football. Yeah. You, you just got to learn, well, it's the second system. I, I, I don't care. Yeah. Russ Wilson. Uh, I mean, I'm using him as an example because he's a longtime veteran. Russ Wilson, the the, the the verbiage in the system should have had no effect on him by by the time the, the training camp was over. Now, he didn't play well. Maybe the, the way the play caller in Hackett, who's gone, uh, it may not have been very good. But the, the as a veteran, you just learn new systems. It, it, I, I, I really don't want to. That excuse in their stability, shit. Very rare do guys get to stay nine years with one franchise unless you're a good player. Carr's a good player. Yeah. but And he may go on to – I mean, we're starting to get an idea who Prescott is. We're getting an idea who Carr is. Hell, they fired, they got, they fired their coordinator, and he was one, two, or three in about four offensive categories this year. And, Sean, we're a year away from saying, hey, man, Joe Burrow hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. What's up with that? Right. And, and we're already saying and about Lamar. Herbert, Herbert ain't won a playoff game. He, he's, he's shitty now. I mean, we're, many, you're away from saying this shit too now. Well, how many Super Bowls Josh Allen won? That's what I'm saying. How many, how many fucking Super Bowls has he been to? That's my point. Oh, he's trailing Burrow by at least a significant role as at least Burrow's been to one. Right. So, right. It's, you know, it's, unfo- it's unfortunate for, I mean, it, it, at the quarterback position, you just got to be prepared to learn a whole bunch of shit. And, that's part and parcel to the money, the responsibility, the accountability. Now, if you're Kyler Murray and you don't want to prepare, apparently according to that franchise, then that's on you for taking him and not doing your due diligence or on him. If that's truly the case, he'll never be a star in this league. Or, 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 or we, we just get a bunch of referees that do this and call games. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That is not a real picture, Whoa. by the way, everybody. I, I'm just fucking with everybody. Right. Uh, I can tell you this. If if Mahomes tra- changed coordinators tomorrow, Andy retires, and Biennemi's not there, and they brought in, shit, I don't care, Lafleur. do you realize that he'll still play well? 
It wouldn't matter. He'll still learn the system and play well. Some guys are better at it than others. Now, Russ Wilson may kick ass with Sean Payton next year, but would it be? Is it a great to be Drew Brees and Sean Payton, where you can finish each other's sentence, or Brady and McDaniel's over there? Yeah, that's a hell of a thing. But that doesn't happen very often, and you almost got to create your own stability. And preparation is part of it. And Derek Carr is a good player, but Derek Carr, there, there's still work to be done if he's going to be playing in the game that they're playing next weekend. Real quick, real quick before we show this film and get on into the Senior Bowl that starts in a couple minutes. Uh, in Atlanta, what do you do if you're Arthur Smith? I got to hang out with him at the at the Shrine game last week in Vegas. Right play caller, really good play caller. Yeah. What do you do in that situation? Do you go with Ritter or do you tra- do you draft a guy or trade up and get into the sweepstakes of somebody? Now Tom Brady's retired. We haven't got to really talk since that happened on Monday. But what where do you go um, from here uh, in Atlanta? Do you take a cue? Um, Ritter was a third. Ritter was a third rounder, right? Or fourth rounder? So. Which one? I believe he was. Second. It's between two and four. Yeah. Uh, here's now. Is it fair to judge a guy on half a season or a handful of games? No, it isn't. Unfortunately, we're in a urgent and um, desperation league for some places. I think that you probably will look if you're Arthur Smith in that franchise. You got to ask yourself simply this: Have we seen enough for us to tell it to, to tell us that Desmond Ritter a year from today? will be looked at as a franchise quarterback. Now with Baker Mayfield, not Baker Mayfield, but with Davis Mills, real similar circumstances. Third round pick, goes to a bad team. They're not very good. Starts after, you know, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and he starts games. The last five games, he was the best first year, best rookie in the league at quarterback of last year I'm talking about. Comes back, the expectations were to grow. Pep Hamilton and that offense was not good. There was no, you know, there was no like excitement. It was very easy to read. They didn't have a lot of weapons, and Davis Mills did not elevate. And guess what? They're going to draft a quarterback, and Davis Mills has had a year and a half. Now, Ritter needs another year to get to that point, but they found out this year that they don't think he's a franchise quarterback, and so they're looking for a replacement. They may keep him on the roster to be a guy because he'll be in the league. He's smart and a deep, good player. Not a franchise guy. He's not changing the franchise. So you got to ask yourself, my gut tells me, if they could get one of the four, because I throw Anthony Richardson into this, that's 6'4", 235 pounds, a grown-ass man who's young and can and can play. I think we're getting four quarterbacks going in the first 12 to 14 picks. I do. Um, and I think the – What's I that? Think he's struggling at QB. I, think Ritter, I don't think Ritter's the guy. Uh, that, that, that's my – I think Ritter's the guy who can hang around the league and be a spot starter. I don't think he's pure enough throwing the football, but I think he's really good and tough. I love his story. I love his grind. You want him on your roster. I don't think I'm going to win a Super Bowl with him. I think that you probably, if you could get one of those four, you'd do it. You'll know real quick if they trade up eight slots or wherever they are. I mean, not not eight slots, but if they jump into the quarterback fray um, or start to move up that board, you, you'll know that they're, trying to go get a, a big-time playmaker. I think Ritter's good. I don't think he's a franchise changer, and I didn't even before the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't think there was one. Uh, 
Houston, your neck of the woods. They uh, they hire uh, D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator. Got a quick played at Houston, played in the league, knows the ownership, knows the management. Uh, your take on the hire, real quick. Uh, the third DC in a row they've hired. Uh, the last offensive coach they had was Collie. Uh, just wasn't ready, in my opinion, to be that guy. Just it wasn't emotional enough. He just looked kind of like bowls on the sideline, real dormant. Uh, I think you got if you're an offensive guy, you got to be a Sirianni. You got to be a McDaniel. You got to be a guy that's fucking raw, raw. At least get that out of your team. He wasn't even that guy. Like he's like bowls on defense in Tampa. Uh, and then before that was Bill O'Brien, who took them to the playoffs, but kind of screwed their roster. People think I don't he know. Was if power, he was power hungry. He fucked that up. Yes. Power hungry. Um, what do you think with this hire and 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 how how this is going? Uh, I kind of wish they would have went with an offensive guy. The last seven of eight coaches in the in the playoffs, Sean, were offensive coordinators. The the final four were offensive coaches, and the Super Bowl is two offensive coaches. Um, I don't know if that means they that's a guarantee you have to have an offensive coach. I'm not saying that, but in today's world, in this tempo RPO, kind of a soft league, Sean, if we really want to say that, and we're going to say not that me and you were soft or anything, and we know a lot of guys on offense ain't soft, but if you're looking at this pretty league that's fast, we don't hit the QB, uh, you would think I'm going to go offensive coach here in Houston. Um, They go defensive coach. Uh, obviously, they knew him. Um, where's your take sitting you're in the backwoods there in your backyard of uh, of Houston? And, and with him, listen, I'm assuming all my – when I get a head coach hired that they know the X's and O's, right? That's what got them there, the assistant coaches, coordinators. Um, with D'Amico Ryans, two things that stick out for me for him. Let me, let, let me back up a second. I get your feeling on, like, the Kafka – uh, Shane Steichen for Philadelphia hire one of those guys. Um, this city, lo- th- th- there's more enthusiasm now in Houston over this hire than there's been since Watson came in at halftime his rookie year to replace Tom Savage. That's the truth. The energy is, you know, it's an Astros town right now, and it has been for years. Is there, there's a there's a newfound because D'Amico is well liked, well respected. More importantly, was a hell of a leader here as a player. And everybody holds him in the highest regard, right? With the thing, five years as an assistant, learned on a good franchise man, Robert Sala. He's got the main two things that I need as a head coach. I need a guy who elevates the building, and he does. He, he makes guys better. They, their defense got better when Robert Sala, who was a hell of a defensive coordinator, to me, they didn't miss a beat. And secondly, he's a widely, since his days at Alabama, here as a player, everywhere he's been, the word leader comes out. He's a, he is a, an a, a epic leader, and you, that enthusiasm you're looking for, he's got that on the sidelines. There's there's a different, uh, it's it's a different feel. So I think it's a great hire considering what he's done to get here. Now to your point, and and with this, the last two hires and David Cully and Lovey Smith, neither guy, and I have tremendous respect for both. David Cully, a 20-plus-year veteran, assistant coach, position coach, has never been a coordinator and got hired as the head coach. He was nothing – He would, they hired him as a bridge coach, and you knew it wasn't going to be long. David's just not a great game-day guy. He was a, He's a really – he's a guy – he's the assistant wide receiver coach that, like, you know that guy that runs from drill to drill and beats his receivers to the next drill and that they love him because he's constantly – that's David Cully. But he was not a good game-day coach. 
And he's really a special teams guy. Right, and nobody else interviewed him. He's never had a head coaching interview ever for the NFL. So you got this, and he got that wide receiver coach, and he's been in a lot of different places and well-respected. But he's an assistant. Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith was, did not, was not ever going to get a head coaching job again in the NFL. And I like Lovey, and he's got a tremendous resume, but another guy who's very stoic on the sidelines, not a lot of energy, and they didn't get better. And Lovey's a really good coach, but Brian Erlacher ain't middle linebacker for you. You didn't have Derek Brooks like they do in Tampa when you're playing cover two, which is a bit archaic as your base defense now, and you and I both know it. It's a change-up pitch, and you better have a fucking monster middle linebacker if you're going to play that or they'll kill you on the bender and those type of things. So, and, and listen, Lovey, didn't, Lovey or David Culley didn't have a good roster, but they didn't get better. And so that was a temporary hire, although I think people wanted it to be another year. So he did, they didn't get better. You had to make this move, and they went. And I'm with you on the offensive side, but here's the next key. You have to hire a great coordinator and a great quarterback coach because everybody wants to just say it's the head coach. No, I spent far more time with quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators than you ever will with a head coach. So the next hires for his offensive side of the ball will be paramount because if they draft Bryce Young, you better have a dude that can develop him. And it ain't going to be, no offense, it's not going to be D'Amico Ryans that develops him. And you and I both know it. It's going to be somebody who's got offensive background, and hopefully they'll do that. But I personally, since it wasn't offense, that's the guy I'd have gone with if it wasn't going to go offense. I would have gone D'Amico Ryans. I have no complaint about this. I'm looking closely at the guy he hires to run his offense. He better go get Greg Roman. Well, he's thinking he, – he interviewed – Bobby Slowick, who is the, I think Bobby's like 38, 39, passing game coordinator in San Francisco. Um, Troy Walters interviewed him, wide receiver coach in, in uh, Cincinnati. So, he, he, you know, we all have our list. You and I both know. We, we got the people, if we were going to get a head coaching job, every guy who's ever played football does it. Here's who where I start with my staff. So, familiarity, but I, I don't think D'Amico's just going to hire buddies, which I think is – or, or, you know, le- not, but, but the nepotism, you know, hire the dad, the coach's son, any of that. I Hopefully he'll hire the best coaches. And because this is an important, this is an important one to take a dysfunctional franchise and fix it. And Nick Casario's livelihood as a general manager, the GM rides on the success of D'Amico Ryan's and the quarterback that he's going to get. Well, well, the chat's going wild about this. Kafka's not leaving New York for Houston to be a coordinator, FYI. Oh, no, 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 he's not. In the chat, he's not going to be a coordinator and lateral move this thing. Kafka's going to be a head coach. He's not going to go to Houston with no quarterback and leave Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Sorry. He, if, if he was going to leave, that's the only way he'd leave then. See, if he was, let's say he was, the, let's say Dable was calling the plays and he had the label as offensive coordinator and, and like working with quarterbacks or passing game coordinator, and all of a sudden Houston calls, and that was his only offer. We're going to make you offensive coordinator and assistant head coach, and you're calling the plays. Then he'd leave. Yeah. And let, But then you'd probably – Brian Dable would say, no, 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 I'm going to turn the play calling over to him. That'll be a lateral move. You better – you're going to have to make him the assistant head coach. So Kafka's not leaving, although I'd love to have him. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, ben, uh, Johnson, ben Johnson already backed out. Uh, he's waiting for his head coaching job. Detroit's coordinator, who's done a hell of a job. Shane Steichen, it's it's not the market isn't real hot yet for him, but it's going to be hotter next year. Both those coordinators. So uh, Jonathan Gannon may still get the job in 
that. And I'm telling you, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati, going to get more run. But right now, those guys aren't what well, – I'm not leaving Burrow for an untested rookie. Uh, fuck no. You're, you're not doing – and Biennemi is getting no run. No. There, there is no – because Andy – He's got to leave Andy Reid. He's got to get out from Andy Reid. So, they, he can say, I really do no offense, or I can run this non-gimmicky shit – because and people want to see if he can, because Andy's really in charge there. Oh, fuck he's, yeah. He's running the show. Everything. People think BNME runs shit. No, he holds a fucking board, and he's sitting there calling out personnel. So I don't think you understand how it really works. But that's uh, that's the, the novice fan who thinks that Eric BNME really calls plays. He doesn't. Um, the other thing is, Sean, um, you're not hiring Eric BNME unless he's bringing Mahomes with him. Like, there's not there's the 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 risk outweighs the reward in the Eric Bieniemy deal because unless you can bring him a Mahomes that can run a gimmicky offense, see I think he's in a two double edged sword deal. He either is thought of as you don't run the offense, we all know it, or you do run the offense and it's gimmicky and it's controlled with a guy like Mahomes. And if you can't bring me Mahomes. We don't have the quarterback to run that gimmicky shit if you get the job here in Houston or in Pittsburgh or fucking Washington. So you know you know what happens? Success. Yeah. The over amount of success can also if you have that guy, if you're if you if you have Tom Brady or if, and it, it worked for uh, Josh McDaniels, I mean and, but if you have Patrick Mahomes, there are a lot of people who will say put in you know, give them a middle of the road quarterback. And then now show me you can do it. That's how some people think that Mahomes can turn chicken salad. You mean turn chicken salad, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Not, yeah. I'm not saying the coaches, but yeah. I'm saying if you stuck Mahomes in, Mahomes in Carolina, yeah. they're automatically going to think the coordinator gets better. And guess what? He will get better right. because the guy's freak show. So that sometimes that stigma follows you around saying, well, can he coach without Mahomes? He's he's been there, and all they've done is have great players. But that's not fair to EB. I'd love to see him get a chance, but the problem is you're you're kind of a you're kind of a uh, you kind of handcuffed by your own success because of the dude who's pulling the trigger. Meaning yeah. a great play caller and Andy Reid, the best in the league probably, and a phenomenal quarterback, which is unfair for EB. I'd love to see him get a job and see how he did somewhere else, but. Sometimes being so successful, you you get you you don't get rewarded the right way. Hey, we can we can have a show for eight, 18 hours a day. Uh, me and Sean, Sean and I could uh, for everybody out there. Uh, trust me, um, we could talk about whatever I, before we show this Burrow film and Mahomes film, and then we're gonna go on over and watch the live watch party. We're gonna watch the uh, Shrine Bowl that's starting right now in Las Vegas on NFL Network. We're gonna go in there and jump on that here in a few minutes after we show you some Burrow, uh, Sean. Denver, real quick, they hire a guy who's hot, named by by the name of Sean Payton. Um, he obviously spent a whole day and a half in Arizona. There's tons of video. Him and the owner Bidwell, they're leaving back and forth, eating, going back, having drinks, chilling. You're thinking that's a done deal. I came out on record and said, I know for a fact, I know the best, I know Sean Payton's best friend, and he's like, dude, he does not like Kyler Murray. He doesn't want to coach that motherfucker. Contrary to all the belief out there that Rich Eisen and all these people said, oh, I love Kyler when he was coming out. Bullshit. You don't love him anymore. And it's obvious because you took the weirdo fuck Russ Wilson over the shitbird fuck 
Kyler Murray. That's basically what you did. So I don't know. There's rumors out there that no one wants to go to Arizona and deal with Kyler Murray. I don't know what you've heard. Um, they're having an issue hiring a coach. That is a direct correlation at their quarterback because if not, I think you'd have her a coach for $20 million. I don't think you'd be turning that money down unless there was something really bad going on there. I don't think they want to be tied to the talk to. They don't want to be tied to Murray's contract. The biggest mistake Arizona made in moving forward to get a coach that they, you know, to replace Kingsbury. And I know they gave him the contract before Kingsbury was fired, but the biggest mistake they made was giving him that kind of money. Listen, there, it wasn't by chance or accident that they put the clause in Murray's contract that said, you know, that make him study. I've never seen a clause like that in my life, let alone for a quarterback. That's, that's part and parcel to your job day after day, hour after hour to be prepared. And listen, I know after that happens, you think a guy goes and prepares. I think you're. I think you are who you are when it comes to preparation. Jay. You, you I, are who I, you I are, do. not what you say you are. That's exactly right. I don't think you're ever going to get Murray. Murray, and I, I believe this, that he's had so much success. You know, when he was a he's a great five tool baseball player. He didn't lose a game when he was an Allen High School. He's he, a constant state champion. Won a Heisman Trophy. I think he can, thinks he can get by on talent. I, I don't. I don't put it this way. You're going to get through about five traits of Murray and over preparation ain't going to be one of them. Okay. And that'll catch up to you in this league. And if you're a head coach, are you really want to tie your future to a guy, a 20 something year old kid who's not going to match your intensity in the film room or what it takes to be great? Not good because Murray's good and he is a phenomenal talent, but those guys are a dime a dozen in this league that are phenomenal talents. They can all throw it. But the, what separates him? So, and then he's going to. I'd like to think Russell Wilson's a, 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 uh, got a little more professionalism to him, and will at least study. Now he had a horseshit year. That's what and, I'm saying. And, yeah. uh, put it this way: I think Sean Payton believes you can fix Russ Wilson because at least he'll study. Yes. Quicker than you could fix Kyler Murray because I don't even think a sledgehammer to 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 his back saying, "Dude, you got to study." Maybe temporary, but sustained study not going to happen. And I understand what, listen, maybe some guy will go there and say, I can fix Kyler Murray, but Murray, you're not, he's not going to beat you through hardcore preparation on coverage and the rest. He's going to beat you with his arm and his feet once in a while, but eventually it's going to catch up to him. And I don't blame coaches right now. Um, the problem is both in Arizona and Denver, you're handcuffed by the quarterback's contract and the production does not match. Now I'm going to give Russ the benefit of the doubt because he's had a hell of a hall of fame type career. But is Russ Wilson three years ago Seattle Russ Wilson, or is what we saw last year closer to who he's going to be? Because if Sean Payton cannot fix him, then I'm not sure where Russ Wilson's going. And can you imagine you're tied down to $240 million after giving up asset after asset after asset to get him? You know who won that trade so far by a long shot? Forget the trade. Hell, right now you just said if it was Geno Smith for Russ Wilson straight up, Seattle won the trade. But Russ, at least, Russ is a – I think he'll – there's no way he plays as bad next year. I, I can't fathom that because I know Peyton's better than Hackett. But we'll see. But Russ can't – he's got to be better. He absolutely has to be better. And in order for them to get where they're going, he's got to be eight times better next year. And we'll see if he can make that turnaround with Sean Payton.
Yeah, I don't care what Ian Rapport said on Pat's show today. Uh, I'm letting you know for a fact. I know, EB. I know the situation. Eric Bieniemy does not call fucking plays. I'm just telling you. I'm just, I want you to understand this. You can go listen to the commercialized folks if you want to. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, not what you have to hear. EB does not call plays, or he'd have been a fucking head coach by now. God damn, it ain't that hard. They both got their play sheet. Ask Shady McCoy who calls the fucking plays. <laughs> yes, and, and, and play sheet. And what happens is they confer on their headsets. Maybe, hey, personnel grouping. Maybe he does personnel, Coach. He does right. personnel and right. then the headset with right. Andy. Okay. And, and, you know, and Andy may say one time, EB, what's our best run here? What do we and, – and go back and forth. But when Andy's looking at it and covering his face and calling a play, Andy Reid is the majority of the time play caller. See, a play caller, when you're the offensive coordinator and you're the play caller, you call all the fucking plays, not some of hey, them. Sean, real, real quick, so these guys that under, don't understand football like we do and don't know that we've been in these rooms, explain to them real quick. Sean Payton, you're the head coach. Or Sean Salisbury, you're the head coach, and I'm the coordinator by title, and I'm standing next to you. Please let everybody know when ESPN walks in and asks you, who calls the play, Sean? Is it you or is it Coach Brown? Who do you say? I would simply say this. We confer, but I call the plays. You would say that if you were the head coach that controlled the narrative that wanted to make sure that everyone knew the truth. Oh, you're talking about the that they know the truth or that I want to make sure nobody's embarrassed. Which one is it? Well, you want to get EB a job, right? Right. So, so if I'm trying say, to get well, and Andy said it. Well, Eric, Eric does a great job as a coordinator for us. But then if that's the case, name me a non-play calling coach head coach that walks around with a play sheet the size of a blanket. I don't know one head coach that doesn't call the plays offensively or defensively that walks around with the play sheet. They don't. They listen on the headset. What's the play? All right. No coach I've ever been with who doesn't call the plays carries a play sheet around. Only the guys who call the plays are involved in it carry the play sheet. Mike Tomlin doesn't call the plays. Mike Tomlin is not going to have a play sheet. He's just not. Sean Payton will. Andy Reid will. There's no reason Andy Reid to carry that that shit if he's not calling it. That's exact. That's my point. Josh McDaniels carries it. Sean McVay carries it. Why? Guess who's not carrying it now in Buffalo? I mean, in New York, which he did in Buffalo. Brian Dable. He's going up and down, chewing the ref's ass, doing that. The only reason a head coach has a big-ass play sheet in his hand is why? Because he's making notes and calling plays. Now, do I know that he and an EB confer? Yes. Of course, and Andy's going to do everything he can to let people know that EB knows this as well. as, And I do believe EB could call plays. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. problem is he's sharing it with the best play caller on the planet, yeah. or the best quarterback on the planet. So it's not a knock on EB. It's just Andy's that good. but. Andy would not have a play sheet if he wasn't calling plays. He'd just be roaming up and down the sidelines like every other. Go, go through it. Find me one. Shanahan calls a plays, play sheet. Play sheet. And number, number Nick, one Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, Sirianni in, 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 in uh, Philadelphia, he's not carrying around a big old play sheet anymore nope. like he did when he was in Indianapolis nope. as the coordinator. No. Nope. So it's just it, – I mean, it's just unbelievable. People don't understand either. Uh, you're, you're number one – Job as a head coach is to promote 
You promote your coaches, you promote your players. And that's the job. We title coaches so they can get jobs. So EB's had a title OC and job. get paid. Coordinators, get paid. Yeah, get paid. So he hasn't done it yet. He has, he, the bottom line is now that people are starting to talk and they're not. They're finding out EB is not the guy. And now he's hard, now I think it's it's backfired on him, and it's uh it's hurt. I believe it's hurt him to get from getting a job now. So that's kind of. And you know what, JB, with that, and I listen. I've known EB a long time. I love him, but something's not right when you've been interviewed over a dozen times over the course of years. I don't know what it is. Right. I don't know if he doesn't interview the way that they want or if he wants more power than they're willing to give. I don't know because we sometimes we, we, nobody ever really talks about that other than speculation. Well, maybe he doesn't interview well. That's what we always say if somebody doesn't get the job. But I've never been around where a coordinator, if he was calling all the plays with this kind of success, whether he goes to college as a head coach or in the NFL, that hasn't been at least offered a head coaching job yet. Yeah, I mean, listen. Did Cliff Kingsbury deserve a job by record sooner than Eric Bieniemy? Hell no. No. Hell no. He was a college guy, right? So, but he's he's a good play caller, but yeah. it didn't work for for a long time as a head coach. Hey, so, I, had, I had Marshall Falk on my show, and I show this clip, and he specifically talks about why EB don't have the deal. Um, listen to this real quick. At you, man. I appreciate the great Marshall Falk for joining us, Hall of Famer. Uh, I got a quote of the day, man. Quit looking at. We all grew up together out here, so um, you know. I hope Eric gets a shot, man. I, the people that you know, they hired a dude. The Eagles hire old boy. This motherfucker can't even speak on the damn mic. Like, and they're saying Eric don't interview well. Like, well, shit. He still deserves a shot to say he failed or he proved himself. Like, this dude's getting a shot. He can't even speak. You know, you know, oh, when man. people don't interview well, that means they're not speaking your language. No, that's exactly right. I was about to say the like, same shit. Hell yeah, like, you're right. Like, like when they say, you know what I'm saying, yeah. you don't know what they're saying. Queen's speaking to say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you understand? What do you think about that? I, I Listen, Marshall Falk's one of the smartest on the field X's and O's football player that we've ever had. And Marshall also was a running back for one of the toughest coordinators on his quarterback's in the world who I love, but boy, was he a Mike Martz. Yeah. You know, this Mike, go ahead and talk to Kurt Warner and Mark Bolger and Trent green about Mike Martz. Hell yeah. I've known Mike for years and I love I, I, Mike's one of my favorite dudes, but I can tell you this, there ain't no hit or defense that's harder on a quarterback than Mike Martz is on his own on the practice fucking field. Hell yeah. And Marshall was there to hear it all the time and dominate, but Marshall Falk could call the plays Marshall Falk. I mean, he's a brilliant – aside from great talent, Marshall Falk knew where the linebacker that covered him was going before the linebacker knew where he was going. Hence why he was that dual threat run and receiving guy and one of those special talents. So I don't disagree with him. Speaking – he may not be speaking your language. So if that's considered a bad interview, Marshall's 100% right. So I don't know when it's going to happen for EB. I wish it would. But the thing is that this Sunday in the Super Bowl – most of those plays, they'll be conferring, but on third and four from the eight, Andy Reid will be calling that play. <laughs> Fucking right. Um, 
Got some Joe Burrow here. Um, let's let's get into this real quick. Uh, we, did we did we just talk like an hour without? Yeah, we don't. You know, we're horrible. We need a production team, Sean, because we're fuck. We're just talking about fucking anything. Uh, we don't give a fuck. Um, I love it. I love it. But we gotta we gotta figure out if we get we gotta get uh some type keep, of keep us honest. Can we get an ESPN type of crowd? Uh, ESPN that allows us to like talk about fat bitches. Yes, so yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. We got some Joe Burrow. We didn't. We showed a little Mahomes yesterday. Later on, Sean, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna see, especially as the season dwindles down, Super Bowl, and then we got the whole off season and spring, and then we're gonna try to do our own camp and clinics. Um, but I think uh, a way that I've, I've been getting a lot of DMs, a lot of messages, they would like us to break down certain teams in totality, like like a. They want to hear. They want to see me eat crow. So they want us to break down like a Kansas City, for instance, and say, "Why do you call it gimmicky? Why does Andy Reid run this shovel pass? Why does he run this hook and ladder? Why do you call it gimmicky? And then how does it work?" So we, in the off season, Sean and I will break down. This is why this works, and this is why it's gimmicky. We will give you credit where it's due, and we will also show you without these players doing this gimmicky shit, it don't work in Houston. For the just so everyone knows. You don't run this shit in Houston. You don't run this shit in Pittsburgh. You don't run this shit in other places. And we will break that down for everybody. Um, today, we're just showing you a little Joe Burrow from the Kansas City game in the, la the last week um, where it was a very, very controversial ending. Um, but we will break that down um, and get into it. This is uh, I'm going to take us off the screen, Sean, and uh, so you can hear us all. And you can see Joe Burrow, full command of this roster, full command of this team. Um, he gets the ball out. When, when he gets it out, Sean, it's unlike most quarterbacks that we've broken down. Jalen Hurts, Mel Holmes, um, Derek Carr. We've gone through it. Look at how pitcher perfect this is right here. Uh, Sean may prefer a little stagger. I may prefer that left toe to be around the right heel. Just for it to be thrown left, so we want to get a little push off. Um, I would like this left heel, left toe right inside that left heel, but you can't draw this up any better as far as the mechanics of this whole play. I mean, he's even looking down the middle of the field for a hair split second just to show people you don't know what I'm doing. No doubt about it. And the ball's I'm out, so he keeps the ball's out. So he can get one, Jamar Chase, working in space and doing his thing. That's number one. Two, some guys, like a, like you said, a punch step. If I was throwing this, and, and I think part of that punch step too, JB, here is to, see, I like to work towards, like on a slant route. I'd like to, you know, a little stagger. And, and I want my foot moving towards the target, not away from it. But in this, you're, you're getting depth. But you're also the little punch step to get a little space. Um, spacing between you and the guy you're throwing it, which is Jamar Chase here, or if it was a swing route. But it's also like a, a it's like your, it's uh, it's like your starter, like your, you know, I don't want to say a crutch, but a little bit of like, okay, this is getting started, and it's just a timing mechanism. And as long as the ball comes out as quick as he, as quick as the ball's coming out with him up and out, then his little punch steps fine if that's what they teach. It's the big old long overstriding, taking time taking a big old step back. This is just a quick punch. Get on the balls of his feet and let it go. But you're just creating a little space to throw it in and, and clearing the back. No doubt. Getting it out. Six-yard gainer, right? First down. Um, 
three yard gain, I guess. So we're six sec, second and seven. Um, got a little 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 eleven personnel tight end down on the bottom. Set his foot, gets it out. I mean, he just he 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 is just so much more mechanically proficient and efficient than any other quarterback in the league right now. He's a young version of the guy who's retiring when it comes to, I'm not comparing him to Brady, but mechanics wise, he doesn't get all, he doesn't drift. He might be as good or better at right. the same age. At the, well, at this age, he is better. Yeah. At the three years into the league, he's better. Now we're not saying he's the goat, but if you're talking about mechanics and pocket presence right now, this soon in his career, it's him. You know, he hops into it. I prefer not to hop, but it's just one and a hop for him. And they're just running, you know, they're just high lowing and clearing out and giving him a big window to throw to. And if you give him that kind of window with a clear pocket, that ball won't hit the ground. His mechanics are about as good as we have in the league at his position. No question. And they do not break down under duress, JB. They hold up under duress or with no pressure. No doubt. See that, that that's another one of I mean, now. Great play, forced it a little bit, but watch his feet. One, two, three, hitch, balls out. That's just a hell of a play by the linebacker. And but he gave himself a chance by squaring his shoulders. It's probably the wrong read by Joe because of the depth of the underneath coverage. I, I think he's so confident, Sean, in his ability. Agreed. He's like, fuck you, I'm gonna banana ball this thing right over your ass. Right. And it was yeah. a hell of a play. It, put it this way: if the guy doesn't leave his feet, the ball's complete. Um, and Sean, I'll be honest with you. The only critique I have on Burrow on this one, I want to see that cat have a little more speed in his drop to generate more transfer of weight. Yeah, I where you get velocity going downhill. Weight. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, I do. Want to transfer this weight a little faster so I can get that fucking ball over and down quicker. Yeah, you want you want urgency with the step. Now, the the the, the, the steps he took are right. You just want him sped up a little bit, not hurried. Nobody wants to hurry, but urgent feet and get it out. Now, if he doesn't like this, they yeah, were running, that's a slow drop for me. I want to get it back there and drive that casual, bitch through. Right, right. Push, push back, push away. Yes. Three, three, three. I mean, push, explode back, under control, set up and throw it. But if you don't like that, you go to the other the, the angle. He had the guy. He was running a return. It was a flat, like a like a yeah a return angle. route. Yeah, it was like an uh, going out. Normally, we have an angle route and return where he comes out. He was headed out and kind of whipped back inside. If he didn't like it, he's got a six-yard completion to the outside receiver. No doubt. Little uh, Statue of Liberty. Um, Mixon has a warrant out for his arrest, by the way. What now? He pointed it, either pointed a gun at someone or said, told a girl, you sh- I should shoot you in the face, apparently. That's mm. <laughs> unbelievable. Look at this, Cole. This is like, this is QB one-on-one. If you really teach it and you get, he gets, I like to see two hands on the ball in traffic is the only thing. I want to see two hands on the football in this space. But look how he turns his shoulder, dips his shoulder, gets thin, turns his body lateral, and now I want to see two hands on the ball. But he's climbing the pocket, eyes downfield, and he goes and gets him some first down. Yeah, and his eyes don't watch the pass rush. You watch his head from behind. They don't, it doesn't dip. His eyes don't dip. And you are exactly right. Watch how he gets skinny in the hole. He knows how to get skinny and thin to get through there. Eyes stay up. 
be smart with the ball. You see a guy running with 83 down the middle. Uh, everybody's yep. locked on. Go get me some safe yards. Get down and protect yourself. Yep. Now it's third and manageable, right? Third and nine now instead of third and 17. Just give me half the yards back, Sean. Just give me half the yards back. Um, they were on him like flies on shit early on. That D-line is what won that football game other than the referees and all the excuses people want to make. This is the the bottom line is Chris Jones and that defensive line for Kansas City dominated a injured uh, backup heavy offensive line group. And uh, ultimately, that's what lost them this game. Yep. Sacks and pressures. Right here, JB, I would have loved to see him if possible. Don't try not to take that. I know there's pressure. Can't climb. You got out of it. Oh, he didn't even – never mind. That ball, the, the, once he got out of the first one, he didn't even have a chance to throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. He's done there. And remember, yeah. Jim Burrow's a really good north-south climber, and he tried to get north and south, but he obviously that was – staved off and tried to get out and they just put there was too many people in the backfield yeah sometimes the best play is to swallow the football and don't give it away and live to play another series or another down no doubt um that's a part that's part of the maturity of playing this position and he's still in his infancy of it i mean they they wore them out on this series dude the chat, the chat saying Burrow takes too many sacks. Well, there's a fucking reason he takes too many sacks, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm going to ask the people who are talking about it. Okay, you're going through your progressions. This is obviously, if you look at the route combos, they're push. This is pushing the ball down the field. Now, if we want to be, if we want to say right now, I'll agree on this. If Joe would flip his hips and throw the swing route here uh, to the back, he'll, he'll he'll get a play. But this is aimed. He's trying to push the ball down the field. And by the time he gets to to try and flip his hips, he's done. So that ball would have had to come out before he reads the downfield coverage because the sack happened so quick. Watch how he's trying to set his feet and push the ball down the field. One, two, three. And before he can flip his hips and throw it a swing route. Yet, if you know sooner, if Joe would have seen it sooner, he, he had nothing but daylight. If he'll just flip his hips to his left is what's that mixing coming out. And get Joe Mixon. There's yeah, nobody around him. Um, right. He was trying to push the ball down the field. That's why you see the depth of this drop. The right tackle gets abused. They're playing the left, left in the left tackle. They're running by him. And there's no, there's nothing to do. Try to flip them, protect the football. They just did this was a bad series. A tough, Sean, that is a tough football play for a right-handed cue to make. Unless sure he's unless he's uh unless he's got a staggered stance. Uh Burroughs an even-footed guy, so he's obviously the progression of that concept was going to his right. He would have to understand. But that's a – I just I just put it on the clock. That was 1.3 seconds, and he's already being contacted by defensive linemen. So if you don't have at least two seconds to make a football decision, I don't believe you're going to have a lot of success. I don't give a fuck who you are at quarterback. Oh, there's no quite – well, you know, the average is what, JB? If you get 2.75 seconds, then – Oh, you're, 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 you're then you're then you're going to be in the Pro Bowl. You're loving it, right? Yeah. One point three though. No, that's a lot of fucking a lot. That's quick game. That that's throwing it out of the quick game. Yeah, that's that's just right now getting it out. Right. Um. Here we go. They want us to break down these college quarterbacks in this league in this game. So I'm, I, I, 
It's Thursday. We'll, we'll, we'll probably get back to this next week, Shiloh, because we have this film while we'll have another week off, no games. I'm sure we can get into Mahomes, Burrow, and Jalen Hurts uh, quite a bit next week um, while we don't have any games to prep. Um, we just have our own show. Sean has 27 shows a day. I have just the <laughs> one. Um, we'll get into this in depth um, so for everybody that's asking. I know you guys want to see some of the college film. Um, Sean, you got you want to get into it and show a few of the – you want to watch a little bit of the, of the game, the East-West game? Sure. Um, just for a few minutes. So um, – and we can, we, like I said, with a week head into the Super Bowl, we can get a little Mahomes, get a little Jalen Hurts again to tell them what they're in for because this is going to be a, in, in that position. Bad quarterback play in a Super Bowl, you don't usually win. So, yeah, we're going to break down, we're yeah. gonna break down um, Jalen Hurts and Mahomes because it's a quarterback deal. So, we are going to break down that game, uh, those two QBs in totality. So, you don't have to worry about that. Um, we're going to head on over and turn on NFL Network and get in. We're going to turn on NFL Network. We're going to go on there and get in uh, and watch this East-West game. It just started about 20 minutes ago. And so DTR's quarterback, there's a there's a few good quarterbacks, the quarterback at Purdue. Sean and I will get in there, watch a few minutes of that, and, and, and join us in there. Uh, stay right here. We're going to go to commercial break and move rooms. Um, don't go anywhere. Uh, Sean and I are going to move, and uh, I'll be right over there in about two minutes. Sean will take a couple more minutes. He's got to move into his room, is another room, and then uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. Uh, my top ten, all right? I'm going to get into my top ten. Matt asked yesterday about my top ten, and he spit his out real quick. I'm going to pull mine up on the ticker below so the world can see. You can all fucking go, oh, the fucking chat. 400 people are going to talk shit. I don't fucking care. So here we go. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Here we go. Before I pull it up, before, I know you guys saw everything. I'm going to use this criteria. You've had, for me, you've had to at least, to be in my top five, have won a Super Bowl, been to Super Bowl, and just one of the elite of elite. All right? That is how my criteria kind of is. So here we go. Tom Brady, who's the GOAT as far as wins. I do not believe he's the best as far as skill set, but I do believe he's the best quarterback. All right. We're not going to get into that fucking thing uh, as far as winning and losing. Um, so Agreed. that's number one for me. Um, I got Troy Aikman because I believe Troy Aikman can travel to any era and be as accurate as any quarterback of all time. He is the fucking. You, people do not. You're 40 years old, Matt. How do you not believe in fucking Troy Aikman? You know how good he was? Do you really know how good he was? The second best quarterback of all time? Yeah, dog. Do you know how good Troy Troy fucking Aikman? Do you know how good he was? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Elway, I got at three. I got Montana at four. Manning at five. Rodgers at six. Favre at seven. Uh, Both of those are very close skill set wise. Both have a Super Bowl. Been to two. Marino at eight. All right, I'm sorry, he had eight. Bradshaw at nine because he won so much. He's not as talented as anyone else. And Steve Young at 10 because of just he was the first lefty to really dominate his position. Um, that's my top 10. I'll just let it keep ticking, dog. I'm going to mute my channel. Go ahead. Uh, I don't have a problem with the rest of the top 10, but Troy Aikman even being on the list makes you're, me you're, just, you're shitting me, right? You're telling me, me Troy shit not a man. top 10 quarterback. No, here's mine. Brady, Manning, Elway, Montana Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, 
Oh, Steve, fuck. Steve Young, Mahomes, and Jim Kelly. See, this is the problem I have with Troy this. fucking Aikman. Oh, dog. I, it, tr- Drew Brees couldn't hold Troy Aikman's fucking left nutsack from fuck behind out his of asshole. Here, dude. Yeah, Drew, Brees, Drew Brees runs circles around Troy Aikman. Huh? Drew Brees runs circles around Troy Aikman, bro. Oh my bro, God. bro, Danny White could have won those Super Bowls with those. This teams. is how I break. And, and people in the chat, Jim Kelly over Aikman. Really? Aikman beat Jim Kelly twice Duh. in the Super Bowls, you dumb fuck. No, 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 no. Troy Aikman's team beat Jim Kelly. You put no, Jim Kelly Aikman. on the you put Jim oh, Kelly so on the tough. Cowboys. They the went team titles. beat fucking seven teams. Troy Aikman is maybe the most overrated quarterback ever. See, I, I, I almost think that I can say that about Tom Brady. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Uh, How can you say Tom Brady's overrated? Tom Brady played in the worst conference for 20 years of all time in the NFL history. Look, that's true. He played in the worst division ever. I I know. I played in it. But he's not overrated. Let me me break this down, though. If you compare Troy Aikman and Tom Brady and we go out here on the park and go fucking throw the football around the park, it ain't even fucking close. Well, no one's saying that. Oh, no one's saying that Troy Aikman couldn't throw the ball. He was extremely accurate, and he did a great job running the system that he was asked to run. What, what but, did he do bad? What up, what up, what up? You guys hear me? We are in this bit. Oh, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. About the Troy Aikman thing. You guys are unbelievable with the Troy Aikman thing. If you don't think Troy Aikman can play, you're crazy as shit. Ah, here we go. We are in the building. Sean's getting set up. We're watching East-West game. They're at Allegiant Field uh, in Vegas where the Raiders play. Sean's getting his pimped-out-ass house ready to go and show that shit on air. Um, Sean, I got to, uh, I got to be at practice and um, – I was at practice and I got to see these guys up close, got to talk to some of these kids. They have some really good talent here um, in this game. Oh, yeah. They do. And these some some of these quarterbacks, you may get a little late. You know, it's day two. Because, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think any of the big semis of the four studs, the Young and Stroud and Levis and – um, Anthony Richardson are playing in it, but you know, produce quarterback and throw it around a lot a little bit. 
Um, I don't know all of the ones that are in this game. Uh, DT, right? I mean, uh, Thompson from UCLA is in it, right? He's in it. Uh, the Purdue kid's in it. Aiden, o- Aiden McConnell is, I think that's what his name is, right? Yeah. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. Let me see if I can oh, say I'm going to tell you right now. Um, all right. It's uh, the East roster is let's find out who the East colors are, but the East roster is, let's see. Who are the head coaches in this? Well, Belichick and Arthur Smith ran the thing the oh, whole week. And his his uh one of, and then his their staffs are the are running it for Belichick and them in the game. Belichick's allowing their staffs to be the head coach. Oh, Atlanta and New England. Yeah, Atlanta and New England staffs are the head coach are the coaching okay, staff. Gotcha. Let's see. All right, so you got Tanner Morgan at Minnesota, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue. I said McConnell. It's o- I said O'Connell earlier to you. Yeah. So McConnell, yes, Aiden O'Connell, okay. Tim DeMorit from Fordham. Yep. All right, that's the East roster. And then on the West, you got Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Tommy DeVito, Illinois, and Chase Bryce, the kid at Appalachian State. I'm going to be honest with you. I really am impressed with the kid in, in person. I like the Bryce kid in person. He reminds me of – he's got a lot of Drew Bledsoe in him. He's got a big arm. He's, he's a big kid. He's pretty put together. He had a pretty decent release. Uh, I, I'm curious to see him. He's at uh, Appalachian State kid. Yeah, and they got a good program, well-coached, and – uh, you mentioned DeVito. Tommy not, was not Tommy DeVito either. What? Not Tommy DeVito either. What do you mean, not Tommy DeVito? I mean, I mean, not Danny DeVito. No relation. Yes, yes Danny DeVito. Right. This isn't. This isn't the the movie. You know, bid the what is it? Step Brothers? Were not not Step Brothers. That was the, what's the what was the one with DeVito? Twins. And, twins. twins. Yeah, DeVito and uh in Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, because Step Brothers was yeah. Was, uh, was Farrell and the other dude, right? Yeah, this ain't this John ain't C. Fucking, Riley or whatever his name is. This ain't fucking penguin. This right. fucking, he ain't Batman and shit. DeVito was at Syracuse. I was training a quarterback there, so I'd fly into Syracuse, you know, a handful of times and um Tommy was there and then transferred and he came out and threw with us uh one of the sessions I was there working with a quarterback and he can. The ball jumped out of his hand. Then he goes to Illinois. He wanted to come back a year. Really? He he, he tried to he tried to get another year this year with uh, Bielema, and the NC2A denied it. Hey, this so is my kid leave. right here, Sean. This is my kid right here, running back for Utah. He I brought him to Indy when I was leaving. He left Cincinnati, got a little trouble. Left Cincinnati, played for Fickle. Um, he's a big running back from Utah. Uh, NFL teams are calling me uh, almost every other day. Uh, the Rams have called me several times. Well, he's well coached by you and by Kyle Whittingham. So they they, they want to ask character questions, is what they're asking me about. Because you know they right. already know he can play, or they wouldn't be calling me. Right. Right. Well, tell me what kind of character he is. Well, I'm gonna tell you like this. At the practice the other day, I had to tell the kid he he did not take one rep. 
And he was over there sneezing, coughing. And I'm like, what in the fuck are we doing? Quit making all these excuses. Don't be mad and blame everybody else when you don't get a fucking shot because you haven't taken one goddamn rep in team because you've been over here bullshitting. And that is more or less the the kid I know. He's not the, you know what I'm saying? You know those kids, uh, the fuckers that want to avoid at all costs uh, the work. I tell them, don't be the guy who tries to duck me. You'll go to a camp and a kid, he just every time his rep comes up, he just kind of sneaks behind the guy behind him and and doesn't want to go out there and compete for whatever he's either afraid to he'll afraid of failure or uh, I, I don't know what it is, but I tell him I said don't duck me because I'll find you. So if he's a duck me kind of guy, it's gonna be hard to last in the league, right? Fucking right, it is. He ain't gonna make it. Hang on, make it. Uh, this is all draftable players. Uh, chat, Eric, all you guys in there asking these questions. This, this is not sophomore. These are seniors or draft eligible players who have entered the draft. These or they would not be allowed to play in these All Star games. Yes, yes, exactly. These guys are ready to go to the CFL, XFL, NFL, USFL, uh, Arena League, whatever it is. Professional football is what these guys are here to represent. This is an interview for these guys. Um, and it's been an interview all week. The senior bowl sign is being in, is in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, that is going on this week as well. The, the practices started uh, yesterday, and that game is this weekend, I believe. The senior bowl, and then last week was the NFLPA at your favorite rivalry spot, the Rose Bowl. Uh, Eddie George and Jeff Fisher were head coaches. I was there to speak at that one with Eddie George. Uh, that game was not near as talented as this game is. Uh, being at both practices. The Penn State QB was at the NFL PA game in, in, in Pasadena last weekend. I, I, I liked him, but he's an older kid as well. I don't know. I he think played he had at Penn State six five years. years. I don't six, know if he's good. Did he get a sixth year? Did he play a sixth yeah, year? At yeah, State? There. I, he, might be, he might be as old as Stetson Bennett. Right. Is Bennett playing any of these games? No, I think he's in jail, ain't he? I know he got in a little bit of trouble. I, he might be, I know he got a little bit of a little bit of trouble. Uh, he uh, he probably drank two natties. What, what was that? I saw a meme or a gift that talked natty about him. Natty ice, natty ice. Drinking two natties, and yeah, he got two of those. He may have drank two, but he also got two of them. If you're the, if you if if that was, if he actually would have said that, say, dude, you can't arrest me. I got two natties. You you really. <laughs> Meaning Natty Light, the the you know the college beer, or the fact you wear two fat ass Natty rings, and I was the MVP in both. I guess maybe you try to talk your way out of it if possible, right? Hey, you gotta let your nuts hang, right? There, there he is, right there. That's where I was at. That was Saturday, right there, because I was right to the left of this picture that they're showing, Belichick and Arthur Smith. Um, so they were coaching all week, Sean. It was really impressive how they ran it. I had the CFO today uh, on my show of this show of this of this deal east and west and it was very impressive watching it belichick's in the booth um you know it was very impressive watching this because you got to see them really coaching it up like belichick was coaching the qbs even that's a good ball on time right dude you're away i don't know what feed you get it's the weirdest thing because they just now showed Belichick and Arthur Smith standing together. That's like 25 seconds after you got it. All right, well, watch this show. Then you can talk about the throw after. He makes a deep out route throw here. Okay. 
And who are we looking at here? Who's? I mean, it's weird how how can there be this big a delay from West Coast to Midwest? I mean, in the South, I'm two hours behind you. Now that's yeah, we get the shit. hey, come on, Sean, we get the we get the fat hoes here. We got the we got the shit. I first. know, but how in the world are you? Well, you were watching the same fucking NFL network. I, I, I maybe I don't get it. Belichick coaching on the field. That outcut was sweet. Out in front on time. Yes. Gave him room to turn it if he need to. Let him get both feet down. Hell of a throw. Yeah, and on like time that. and with some velocity, but with touch, not trying to kill him. I like it a lot. I like this kid, O'Connell. I do too. And he and he and he's in a system. You know, he he was with uh, Jeff Brom. Brom, who who good ball knows the passing game. Sean, that, this play will be coming up for you to tell us about it. He throws a double slant route. He throws it low, only where his guy can get it in between two defenders. Put some velocity on it. It's it's fourth down. But I like the ball. If I'm a scout in the NFL, I want to see this throw. I don't want to see a third and long ball thrown high. I want to see it low and 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 explain it when you see this double slant route thrown outside to the receiver here. Okay, here we go. Boom. Now, I like it. I just still don't understand why you're going two and a hop. Maybe that's what they're teaching them. But nice throw. Protect your guy when somebody's driving on the ball. You don't, what you don't want to in traffic, you're exactly right. If you're going to miss, miss below the waist, not above the shoulders. And high, and puts it down low, gives this guy a chance to go get it. And uh, they call that incomplete? Is that what they did? Or was it was it long yards? They call that incomplete? Uh, long yards, I think. Okay. So it protects him with the ball and throws it down. But I'm still wondering, JB, at any time in your life, have you ever taught running the quick game with three from the gun three and a hop, two and a hop into the third to throw the quick game? No, coach. We catch it and throw it. I don't even take a drop. I, I used to rip my guys. If you take a fucking drop, I'm ripping your ass off Right. Quick game. So I, I'm, I continue to be baffled by the lack of, of the quarterback teaching, the guys who are teaching these guys. Yes. The guys, and the quarterback. So right there, he does this. If you're a good quarterback coach, you watch the play, what your quarterback did on the sidelines, right? Yes. So you watched him and you run the quick game from the gun, folks, just so you're listening from the shotgun. Now, under center, it's one, yes. two, it's big, little, little out yes. with no hitch. When one you're in the big, gun, one big, two littles, right? That's right. Go big, push away from center, gather, gather to get your feet underneath you, hit that back foot, and you don't take a reset or a hitch and you let it rip. Now, when you're in the gun, it's a catch and throw. Some people take a little punch step, some people take a little rocker step. But it is not take a step, cross over, take another step, and throw. It's the quick game. The ball has got to be out. It's catch. Think about when you fish. Catch and release. But this is urgent catch and release. So if I'm the quarterback coach on a sideline, my attention to detail is that you, when you come over to the sidelines, I'm going to say, way to protect him down low. But why are you late? I'll tell you why you're late. Because when you get this ball out of the gun, it is catch, flip, and throw. It's not It's not take three steps. He went one, two, hop, boom, ball's out. That's late. And so I'm a grinder on that. I think it makes a difference because I think precise equal dynamic. And it bugs the shit out of me that we're so casual with the mechanics. And, well, it's successful, so we won't coach him. That's exactly when you're supposed to coach him, when things are successful so they don't get sensitive. Hey. Good job, but here's how we can do this better. Get that damn ball up and out quicker. Let him catch it and run. 
I'm a lot of things, but I can tell you this. I'm not throwing the ball late, and my mechanics are not going to I, – I can't stand it. And I don't know what happened to the attention to detail in this at the upper level. I don't get it. This, this, I agree fully with everything you just said. This is the Illinois quarterback here, the kid you've seen throw, DeVito. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, the, ball, the ball, you know what? The ball, I mean, he's got a little late life on it. The ball popped out of his hand when I was when I saw him on the field. Yeah. And he did a nice job for, he was a top recruit in Northeast. I mean, he's a East Coast kid. Top, maybe even been from Jersey. Um, he, the, when he was uh, coming out of high school, big time recruit, went to Syracuse. And like I said, now he's at Illinois. He, he built pretty well. The ball jumps out of his hand, JB. I don't, I don't know because I haven't seen him in person in years. But he did a nice job for Illinois, which was a defensive team. And he, like I said, the transfer helped him, or he wouldn't be in this game. So he made some pretty decent strides when he left Syracuse. Good play action and taking a shot here. The ball hopped off his hand there a little, little late. A receiver made a catch. I dropped it. Uh, you can break this play down for us, Sean. He. It looks good. It looks like he needed to throw that guy open, throw the ball deeper, throw the ball faster and farther. <laughs> That's what it looked like here. Um, before you see that play, DTR started this game off uh, for the West and looked pretty good from what they showed, some replays of it. Yeah, I think he's got a sneaky chance because he, the, his feet are so dynamic too. Uh, you know what? Short arm the throw. Ball still probably could have been caught. But the other throw, JB, I don't even know if he took a hitch. I don't think he did. Uh, right. He went back, put his foot yeah. down, threw it. You got to take a yeah, boom, 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 quick reset. And then it allows you to throw the ball out so he can run underneath it. The ball's underthrown. If you throw it out there, let him go get it. He might got a chance. And he still had a chance on the underthrow, but a um, little bit of a short arm. And when, he had, when, when I saw him, when he did it, it almost is like he didn't get through the throw and hence the short throw. But he does, he's got a good spot. When you watch him, JB, and you see him, the ball spins off his hand pretty damn good. But, you know, he's one of those third-day guys, I think, um, that you get late if you're fortunate. And if you like him, some swagger when I met him. Kid was pretty confident, so. What do you you think about um, Anthony Richardson and uh, and, uh, Will Levis? I I, I, I think they're athletically gifted as shit, Sean, my two cents. I don't think they'll ever be the guy we're talking about in 10 to 15 years from now as a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. But obviously we know the landscape, Sean. NFL, the quarterback position is athletic, more gifted athletically than it's ever been. But I don't think that equates to great quarterback play. Well, JB, you know between now and April, team, there's going to be a team or two that fall in love or more. Levis, 6'3", 230, can throw it. all the throws, Sean. He can yes. make all of them now. And the ball's up and out. It jumps out of his hand. There's, you know, inconsistent. He was, uh, you know, the turf toe, I think, had him, you know, out of games for a lot of this year. The inconsistency on – he's got to be a quicker decision maker. JB, I watched him a handful of times. But I'm going to tell you, in shorts and a T-shirt, somebody's going to fall in love with him because – yeah. He will be the right – they're going to look at him and say, shit, he's that guy that goes to his pro day or combine, and people are going to fall in love with him because he can throw it. He's a big body, and he can make every throw. He's going to have to be a better – a little bit quicker and better decision maker um, at the next level, but somebody's going to draft him in the first six, seven picks. And then you got Richardson, who's young, late bloomer. When I say late bloomer, he's about 6'4", JB, about 235 and can move 
I'm going to tell you, they have him as the, I have him as the fourth quarterback. Do not be shocked if somebody jumps up and snags him with the third if they like – if they're a system that they think he can thrive in. I'm a fan. You know, it, the system's going to matter a lot to these two guys. But if you're talking about in the offseason because of their bodies and the way they throw in shorts and a T-shirt, those two guys are going to wow you. Now you just got to go back and look at the tape. Both will be – we got four guys in the first 12 to 15 picks, maybe even higher. And Three in the first 10. And and those guys, Sean, those guys are guys that maybe a Houston Texans team says, fuck it. I, I Let's take a guy that we can't protect and, and get us out of trouble early on with a defensive-minded head coach. Let's go get an Anthony Richardson. I wouldn't be shocked if they fucking took him at number two. Well, and here's another thing, JB. There, there's also the talk of, okay, what if we traded out of two? There's two th- rules of thought. You got the two and the 12. Well, let's let's flip this. If we take Bryce Young, if he's available at two and you don't get jumped by the Colts who trade with the Bears, and the Texans thought is, okay, if you love – I'm talking about the, the just kind of rule, uh, the, the thought process here in Houston, and I was given all different scenarios. If you love one of the quarterbacks, whether we like him or not, if you love him as a franchise, you draft his ass. Not yeah. what the, it's not what Twitter says or what the fan in the 15th row says. It's what you think. Now, there's also the school. So if it's Bryce Young and they need a playmaking receiver, if you're going there, I'll go quarterback, second pick, and a playmaking receiver, the best receiver that's available at 12. Now, and John Mechie should be back next year from his, you know, uh, non-lymphoma situation, and he is a playmaking. He'd have been a first-rounder if he wouldn't have blown out his knee at Bama. Yes. But now you go back. Then there's the next rule of thumb. Get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter with a two-pick and then draft one of those quarterbacks. Hopefully they fall to 12. Then there's the next one. Well, trade down two picks to the Colts. Let them go get, if they want Will Levis, you sit there and get an extra first-round pick, and then you draft a defensive guy, a receiver, or a quarterback with the Colts pick which may be Richardson or one of those guys. So you come away with an extra pick and you get a, you get a disruptor on defense, a quarterback and a possible receiver. So those are the, 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 the kind of the rules. And then the last one is kind of bid against yourself or somebody else and trade up from two to one to guarantee you get whatever quarterback. Cause nobody's trading up to one for any, for any, but one reason in this draft. And that's to get one of those quarterbacks. The question is, who do you like the most? Hell, there's some people that got Stroud going first. So yeah, I know, you, I know, I know. And if the Bears can't trade out of it, the Bears are going to take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter with their first pick. No, I agree. Uh, the The chat is going crazy. They say that someone, this one guy that's always here, he's 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 always in the show. Um, uh, you know, he said that Will Levis has an average arm. I just, uh, it just goes to tell you, you don't know your dick from my dick, and. The issue is, can you tell him that Will Levis has the strongest arm in the draft by far? Yeah, and I'm going to just explain this to you. Now, you may when you say average arm, if you're talking about yeah, I'm a, production, I, production. Yeah, if you're talking, that's right. Production wise, see, I'm a Bryce Young as productive as it gets, and Levis hasn't been near as productive, but he's going to swim circles around most of the guys when it comes to just jumping out of his hand the hose. That's his size and arm are the two reasons somebody's going to take him and the potential, the third word in the first five picks. Now there's nothing average about his arm. 
Matter of fact, he's a guy that can line up and throw it as far and as hard as Stafford, Mahomes. He's one of those arms, hence why everybody, even though he hasn't had big production, he's had moments of production. That's why teams are standing in line to say, can I fix this guy and make him really accurate? Because he's pretty accurate. Can I get him to be a better decision maker and get him more consistent? And then we got some. Arm strength is I don't even know why somebody would send that in. That's such a lazy narrative. Just and it's not really. And I mean, he may know football. I can't see the board like you can, but that's just that. That's just not going through the 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 things you see. Will Levis, the one reason. I mean, he's got the strongest arm of the four guys we're talking about. Yeah, Richards has got arm. Levis is uh, Levis has got a friggin' hose. Yeah, it's not even close. He's big time. Um, he reminds me of Derek Carr without shirt, without pads on. And he's got a stronger arm than Carr does. By far. Yeah. Uh, this kid on the on the east just got the football out quick to the back. The back just gained about 20 yards up the sideline. I like his progression. He hit his fifth. Minnesota kid, the quarterback from Minnesota. Yeah, Tan- Tanner Morgan, I believe, right? Yeah, Morgan. Smart guy. Uh, been there a while. Hard, gra- hard, hard grinder on his mechanics. I've watched stories on him. He puts his time in, JB. I, now, I don't know what that translates to on Sundays, but he's one of those guys, that tough kid, you know, uh, has his story, been through it, grinds, trains hard, and we'll see if that leads to a uh, good, quick decision, get the ball up, get him a chance to run. But Sean, hard work. Explain, explain to people, in the, uh, the novice fan, explain to them, what that what importance how important him checking that ball out of the back there for 20 yard gain shows the NFL scout well it shows him that they're not trying to hit a home run every time and that he's willing to be patient and get a guy with a 20 jersey on the 20 number on in space because listen the simple play when these guys are watching it they'll be wowed in 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 their uh pro days and at the combine by a guy who can throw it 80 yards they they love that but I'm going to tell you where they love to live is where we all got to live. Zero to 12 yards, accurate throw, hitting singles. It just tells me that he knows how to get his eyes into the progression properly and quickly um, and is not late through his progressions with his eyes. Coaches love seeing it. Matter of fact, I'd rather see that than a guy who hits one out of six deep balls. If you can oh. make those throws underneath consistently, you will win in this league. Our best players in the world make the simple play. They just do. They make the common play all the time. And then once in a while, they'll hit the uncommon play. Now, Mahomes hits the uncommon play more often than not. The great players, Breeze, Brady, Manning, uh, Phillip Rivers, when he plays, all these guys make the uh, Burrow now, Allen, they they make the common play. If you can't make the common play, you will be a journeyman, and you will not last in this league. No question about it. 3-0, 3-0, West leads the East. Um, do you know, we were talking about this. Uh, people are asking in the uh, chat, why do they call it the West and the East when there's guys on the East from Fresno and then there's guys on the West from New York? Um, they geographically spit this game up. It's been called the East-West Shrine game for a hundred years. Yeah. yeah, and it's East-West of the uh, – it used to be – they, it should be north-south, but they don't call it that. Um, it's always been the East. It's kind of like a northern-southern cut as far as how they break this down. But um, And it really has nothing to do with where the player played his college ball. And nothing to do with that at all. It's right. just a matter of how they split the teams. Yep. 
What show are you on tomorrow? Which one am I not on? No, I got my show 6 to 10. I'm on in Arizona tomorrow. Let's see, Dan Patrick on Monday. Uh, tomorrow, Fridays are usually fairly, a little more decent because. You're on Dan Patrick's Monday? Monday. Um, I am, uh, I think my show. Are you in studio with him ever? Well, listen, if I'm there, I'll be on the set. Always at the Super Bowl, I'm on the set every year. Are you going to Radio Row? Well, that, that, uh, it's doubtful now. That's the problem. I, I know they want me on set there. I got a message from them today. So I think Monday's guests are me, J.J. Watt, and Ross Tucker. But I, I may not be on the set at Radio Row because the time change for us to do my show, it's so early when you're on Radio Row at my time in the early, early morning. There's not a lot of guests on Radio Row, so it almost defeats that purpose. Now, if the Texans were in it or the Cowboys, we'd be there because it's, you know, a little different, even though yeah. it would be still early. East Coast, we always go because the time change makes our show later and all the, you know, the players and everything. I mean, the celebrities are rolling through Radio Row. But um, tomorrow, uh, Arizona, I actually, Arizona, Memphis, uh, my show. Tomorrow, I'm actually, I think I'm, I'm on like, uh, oh, uh, uh, Grant, I'm on, it's a, the national show. It's the... Uh, Grant Napier and I do a show for 30 minutes of podcast. So, and then I'll do my show on belief. So I'm on five different shows tomorrow. I did San Francisco before I came on with you. Fucking hardest working Jack out there, man. Let me tell you this guy, man. The great thing is there's everybody's got something going on in their own city. You know, San Francisco has got the worry about Purdy and is it going to be, how yeah. severe is it? Is it Tommy John surgery or is it not? Hey, like, what, what, do they do? what do they do? What do they do? Because I'm just going to tell you. They came out yesterday, and then I showed it on my show this morning. They came out and said, you know, the same shit they said last year. We don't see Jimmy G staying with us. Well, yeah, Kyle said he's gone. Yeah, he said he's gone. Well, I'm calling bullshit because if you got a quarterback out six to nine months, you're not dependent on that guy. Trey Lance is yet to be proven. We haven't seen shit from him. Do you just let Jimmy G walk the only proven commodity on your roster, or do you go get a quarterback again and trade Trey Lance? Frisco, I'm just going to be honest, Sean. I like Shanahan. I think he does well and all that shit. And they've got a Super Bowl window going on right now, brother. I'm just telling you, everyone keeps talking about this loaded roster. I don't think you're loaded if you don't have a fucking QB. That's what costs them every year. And the jury, and I know we love Trey Lance's potential, but there is a, there's jury still out on, how can it not be on what he's, he can't stay healthy, and John Lynch, the GM, mentioned it, and... We haven't seen enough of him to say, will he live up to the, the, the multiple first-round picks they traded for him? I'm not saying he's a bust, but to date, Brock Purdy has shown more and played more games. I mean, he just has now. With Purdy out, Jimmy is not going to be there. Jimmy's going to want to go be an unequivocal starter somewhere like New Orleans, to Carolina, possibly the Jets, depending on the uh, Rodgers situation. Hell, it wouldn't even be bad if you liked Jimmy in Atlanta, right, if you couldn't trade. And you didn't think that the Ritter was your guy. So there'll be options. And there's even been talk about him in Houston being the fact that he's in San Francisco. If you get the passing game coordinator from San Francisco as your coordinator, Bobby Slowick, D'Amico Ryans, even if you drafted a quarterback first, you got Jimmy to hold it down. There's been that chatter today. So it's up and down. For me, if the San Francisco, now if you're willing to go with Trey Lance, you better be damn sure he's coming off injury. You better be damn sure with this Super Bowl roster that he is going to not only stay healthy, but be a franchise quarterback. You don't draft a guy where they drafted him and give up what they gave up for him. 
for him to just be a guy. He's got to be that guy. Now, is that dangerous? Yes. When your GM says, well, he's got to prove he can stay healthy, that tells me they're not sold just yet. So I looked around at options. They're going to have to bring in a veteran backup somehow. You're not paying Carr all that money to trade for him for $40 million and keep Trey Lance because that just muddies the water, right? So what's more logical? Jacoby Brissett, maybe? A veteran who has no ego, who has won some games, that at least he's reliable, not spectacular. I don't I mean, you're not well, – you, you want Jameis Winston? who turns the ball over, not Kyle Shanahan, would go, he, his head would explode. Because Jameis will make one great throw one time, then you're like, what are you doing the next time? And, so I look and, and, and Aaron Rodgers basically said, I'm not going to Frisco today while he hit his driver. So Right. So here's the, that was my only other thing. If you're going to look for a starter, there was only one gig. And that's could you get Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay and give up assets to get him and let Trey Lance continue to learn and then when Purdy comes back, move Purdy or move Lance, right? That, that, that's your options. But if Rodgers isn't going, you're limited. You're not going to trade. I mean, you're not going to move up in the draft to go draft another guy. You're, you've got asset problems already by all that you gave up. And you also are, are waiting for a guy who didn't play a lot last year to be your guy. And you've got a Super Bowl caliber team, but you're not going to the Super Bowl if your quarterback, well, you saw. You get to a backup in injuries, Brock Purdy played, gets hurt. They're, they were done immediately when he got hurt. Even with the back with, with Johnson, and they had no shot. They had zero shot when he was in the game because you could see Kyle did not want to push the ball down the field, neither did he. No disrespect to the, to, to the player, but they weren't going to win that, and Philadelphia was going to squeeze the run game. So then they get to a running, you know, then, then you're done when Purdy can't throw when he comes back in. You know what, JB, the crazy thing about it is? There's not many options for them. I know. Now, an option would be if the if the Giants, and I don't think they're crazy enough, if the Giants were to not sign Daniel Jones and they were to let him go. I don't think that's going to happen. Very I don't. I, I think Dable and Kafka like him, so I don't think that's going to happen. He made quantum leaps this year. I guess one wild card is, could you talk John Harbaugh into – trading with you and take what is going to end up being about 45 to $50 million a year for Lamar Jackson. And if you could pull him away, is it worth that to say, we'll send you Trey Lance and we'll give you a, a, a couple more picks and we'll take Lamar Jackson. You get out from under that. You're still on a rookie contract with this guy and your offense similar but not quite because Lance can't run it like Lamar Jackson can. Is that a possibility? I would kick the tires on it just because, damn, you're going to have to kick the tires on a lot. And I still don't get the sense, even though they'll say it, that they believe Trey. I, I still don't get the sense that they are all in on the fact that we have no worry with Brock Purdy out. Trey Lance is, is yeah. going to dominate the league. I don't think they feel that way right now. I don't think they're convinced. I think they think he's got potential. But once again, I need production before potential. Agreed? I agree with you 100%. Those are good talk. Those are good. That's that's some great people to talk about. Uh, you just discussed there. That's an interesting uh, take. I, and where does Tan? What do they do in Tennessee? Let, let me ask you this. Flip flip the script here. Okay. If, if you could just anywhere, anywhere you want to see Aaron Rodgers play with his release, his ball skills, his, his unbelievable skill set. 
if I could if I could pick it where and putting him with a team that I could guarantee a success? No, just uh, as a coach and a fan of the of the of the great ball spinner that he is. Well, San Francisco because of the great run game. You mix Debo Samuel, a tight end versus Teddy. I'll be honest with you. You're I think about- Miami. I, I would love to see him in Miami with those weapons. Miami would be great, and I'll tell you who else. It's not going to happen because you're not going to jump into the shoes of the guy who left. But Tampa's still got some receivers now. Yeah, I don't know if he'll leave that. I don't know if he'll follow that guy's Oh, step. no, that's that's why. That's not happening. But my point is yeah. they, they're, they're going to get better again at wide receiver. I like Kyle Trask. I recruited a kid right out of Manville High School, Houston, Houston Texas. He uh, he was a great kid for me. He never played in high school. No, he, he wasn't a starter. Derek King was. Yeah, he backed up he, King. Right. He went to he a never transferred shot. I love the shit out of the kid. He never fucking left. Right. And what he did was he went to uh, Florida – a Florida camp, and they saw him throw it at the Florida camp and signed, gave him a scholarship, having yeah. not started a game. And I th- I have heard that Tampa likes him. That and I would not be surprised if he rips it and does a hell of a job just through osmosis by learning from fucking Brady. And he can years. throw it now. I watch that kid can sit in that. Oh, he can spin it now. He, yes, he can. So there's that. And then there's, then there's the, the – you would love to – I mean, Miami – with those weapons, dude, and Mike McDaniel teaching it, which is same as San Francisco stuff. Come on now, dude. That, that that's a uh, he may win the MVP again if he's there. You know, he said he could still win yeah. it. He damn well may win it again if he goes there. I just want to see him throwing it to fucking Waddle and Tyree Kill yes. on day. He is he has got and the truth is, I just think it's stale in Green Bay for them and for him. I know he can play and I know they got, you know. They've got their defense got better. I actually think the whole situation's stale. I think it's time to move on from him, and I think he's ready to move on. In my opinion, I ain't going to retire now that Brady did. He's going to play. The question is, is where? And if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're saying you're not trading me to Carolina. They're going to get him out of the NFC, and you and I both know that. The Jets seem logical because he and Hackett are tight, right? So we'll see the new coordinator there. So. But I'd love to see him with lights out receivers again and see if he could sustain that a couple more years and we'll get another run at the Super Bowl. I want to see. I think he wants to play golf 12 months a year. I think he wants to come back home. I want I think he wants to end his career in the West Coast. I, I don't think. Well, what I about the Raiders? Vegas. What about the Raiders? Vegas. I think Vegas yeah. is the is Yeah, the that was my next one. Waller, if you re-sign Josh Jacobs, which you to me you have to, and Renfro. Devontae Adams and Renfro, shit, he'll throw for 5,000 yards there or close to it. Hey, what about uh, CD? You, what about you thinking you, you, you get him with CD? CD Lamp? No, CD's nuts. He's nuts? Yeah, what about them? I knew that Got shit. him. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck happened to you, man? How did you? How did I run that by you? And you're like, oh, CD Land. No, CD. I already knew. I already knew. But I gotta love. I gotta love. I gotta love. I, see, I respect my fucking elders, unlike these young fucks out here. Oh, so you had you had to you had to let me roll through with it and play along. I, I, I had to let you get some fucking goddamn cloud in here. I had to let you get you know motherfuckers think you're still hip to the game. Yeah, I'm stunting on. I'm stunting, stunting on them hoes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> CD's nuts. Uh, yeah, dude, the Raiders seem pretty logical too, right? And I think I think McDaniel's would have a blast calling plays for him. What about the Rams? 
I don't think Matty Ballgame's ready to go. You gave up you gave up a pretty good haul to get him. I think you run it back with him one more go round, brother. Yeah. And you know he can rip it too. Oh, no he, doubt. He no can doubt. rip it too. Oh, no now doubt. if you're asking me, would McVay like to have Rogers? Shit, who wouldn't? But Hey, there's that no way. Still pretty there's good. no way, though. If you're if you're in if you're in Green Bay, you're not giving that motherfucker to the NFC, are you? No, that's why he's going to end up in the AFC. The question is, and if I'm Green Bay, it's like I'm not giving him away either. Shit, you you want him for two or three years, you're going to pay. And you're hey, I'm going to tell you right something. now, there's a scary spot for Aaron Rodgers. It's in the NFC, but if he went to Minnesota, that's dangerous. Oh, come on now, dude. Come on now. Yeah, hey, listen. If you're Kevin O'Connell, you're saying, I really like Kirk Cousins in the regular season, too. But give me number 12 in Green Bay. Jefferson may catch third. Uh, Justin Jefferson may have 3,000 yards receiving, dude. No shit. In one season. No shit. Yeah, that, that'd be frightening. You, 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 the rest of the league, and they, you know, with the, with the tight end they went out and got with Hawkinson. Dude, the, the, the NFC North doesn't want to see that right now. I, yeah. I can tell you that. They don't want to see yeah, that. They got to they gotta sure up some defensive issues, but fucking they – they uh, that's scary on offense. They'll just outscore everybody. Um, I don't know, man. The Jets. I I don't know if he wants to go back on the East Coast and play in that cold weather. I think he wants to golf and come out west and play in Vegas. Right, but the truth is, I guess he could go to the to the Packers if they say, "Dude, we're going to ship you to New York." And if he doesn't want to play there, simply say, "Well, I'm not going." So if you trade me there, tell the Jets not to mail and tell the Jets tell Hackett, "Dude, I'm not coming there. I love you." But you're on the wrong coast right now. I ain't. I'm not, I'm not playing in that cold eight weeks a year, out of the sixteen. I'm not doing. I don't know if that. Maybe hell. Maybe he says the cold. Gee, I've been in Green Bay. Ain't it's cold as balls up here? So New York's a, a country club compared to Green Bay when it comes to cold. So it's not like I'm worried about him being able to play well in the cold. But I do think he wants to be a solid ball striker. You know what I'm saying? Play a little golf and do that, and give you about two more years at about fifty mil a year, and let's let's see what happens. Fuck, no shit. Nah. Dude, you know what Burrow's going to get paid when his contract comes up here? He's going to top Mahomes, huh? It's going to be in that 50 to 55, 53, $52 million a year range. It just is. Yeah. It's it's because of the timing. Now, well, people say, well, he's not better than Mahomes. Well, you may not think he's better than Mahomes, but there's a lot of guys who get paid that aren't better than the guy who's better. They, they get paid more, but they're not as good as the guy they got paid more than. Why? It's all about when you the timing of when you come up. I think he's better contract. than Mahomes. I, I think know you do. I think he's better than Mahomes. I think Mahomes makes plays um, in an offense that allows him to do so. Uh, I think I think Burrow's the better quarterback. He's three and one versus Mahomes. It's not like he hasn't beat the guy. He's he's fucking three and one. Uh, we live in a we live in a uh, what have you done for me lately life and world. So, of course, everyone's hot on Mahomes now because he just beat Burrow. But Burrow is 3-0 and versus the guy. Let's just be honest. And you know what, folks, just so you understand, I'm a, a, a JB likes to give you guys a hard time, as he should, and we all like to do that. When JB says the Kansas City Chiefs are gimmicky, I know the first thing everybody thinks, and we'll watch more of that tape before the Super Bowl as we watch Hurts and Mahomes. You automatically think that gimmicky means that all 75 plays that they run in a game, it's all gimmicky and reverse pass, double shift, shovel pass at the three-yard line to to uh, uh, Kelsey and have Kelsey come in and run quarterback sneaks. at the. What he's saying is, and it's a compliment in a roundabout way because 
they're about the only team in the world that can do it. And every time they do it, they, it's successful. The gimmicky part means they call unconventional shit that the normal guys can't do. You'll see Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson make a playoff schedule that you say, damn, that's freakish. But the Kansas City Chiefs like practice these freakish off schedule shit. And it works as part, it makes it feel like it's part of their, and it is. Andy will be third and two at the 15 with a seven to nothing lead in the second quarter. When you say, okay, just line up and hand the ball off or run a screen. And he'll do some shit that you're like, why double reverse pass, throw it back to the quarterback and they'll score on it, but they run it to, to score. So gimmicky means they do stuff that's way, that's a little bit circus stuff. Like jumping up, jumping off the the high platform into a small, like out of the cartoons, into a small bucket of water, and actually landing in the bucket of water. So they do a lot of. They hand it off. They run inside zone read. They throw slants and they throw. But they do their gimmicks. You know, a dozen times a game. Mahomes is so freaky. He'll hit nine of them. That's what we're talking about because he's just different. Hey, what do you think about this throw, DTR here? Uh, I think that's DTR. He just made a dig throw right before the half. Let's watch it before the half and get out of here. They're, they're going down to try to score in a two-minute drill here. DTR uh, just made a dig throw. Now he just ran. I like to see him throw the ball out of bounds. You're, you're catching up to the dig. I'm watching him run on second on first down. I like to see him save clock and throw that out of bounds. Well, that, that was a dialed-up dig. And you know what I like, JB? Even though, you know, you, 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 hurt, you hustle – your ass back and you urgent set up to throw the deep dig route in the first window. But you'd notice at the top, there was just a slight hesitation to push him into the second window, which I like. And uh, cause there's more than one window. The receiver keeps running through the window. You decide what window to throw it to as the quarterback. And yeah, as far as saving the clock, I just saw the scramble and run. He's got such dynamic feet. He probably trusts them too much at times and that's okay, but he's got to learn that, He's not going to live there at the next level either. Takes the he, just check got, he, just got, he just got fucking banged really bad right now. I don't know if he got hurt or not. He just got banged and slammed on his throwing shoulder, it looks like. Yeah, I just saw the check down, so I guess they're going to run this one next. I'm at 33 seconds. There's three. Shuffle, shuffle. Set your feet clean. Oh, boy, did he get hammered. You're right, on the right shoulder. Uh, Caleb, like Caleb, Caleb Murphy. Caleb Murphy. Uh, this kid came up to me at practice. Good kid came over to me and we talked. Um, he's a prospect played at Ferris state, by the way, uh, D two. The fact that he got invited to this says something about they want to see what he's about with bigger competition. I think he was at a big school early on. Oh, and le- okay. So I think they know who he is. Gotcha. Down to three seconds, 25 and a half sacks. There you go. Uh, Single season? Yeah. He won the Ted Hendricks Award. Oh, hell, I didn't know he had 25. He had 25 and a half sacks this year? Yeah. <laughs> that's not a career. That's one year? Shit. Yeah. Gosh, dang. Well, good for him. Good for him. Um, Sean, tell me, that's a difference between Division One and D2. Oh, yeah. No question about it. Yeah, you're probably not going to run by – Alabama's right tackle like that on a regular basis to get 25 and a half at the next level. Yeah, we're going to see DTR here. Let's see if he, if I'm the NFL scout, I want to see him throw one deep here. Yeah, there I he want to see him get it, yeah, to, get it to he the got, end zone. He got it to the end zone, Sean. He got it to the end zone. Almost got the motherfucker. He, he threw it about 70. Nah, 60. 60. 
Let's see where he's at. Okay, they're at the six. They're at the. That's a 62-yard throw to the goal line from where he's at. But I also count, not unlike the punter where they say from the line of scrimmage, I want to see where he throws it from since I'm on a little weird delay that you're on. Let's see. Okay, he's going to throw it from the 35, 34-yard line down to the, well, basically the goal line. So what's that, 66 yards, 64 yards? What is that? So the 34-yard line. 44, 54, 64, 74, 84, 94. That's 60, 66 yards. 66 yards, 65 yard toss. Not bad. Nope. That that I mean, but you do this because you want them to see it, right? You yeah. want to see him throw it down there and yeah. almost came up with the play, knocked down. So right at the uh, goal line. Troy Brown, yeah, Troy Brown uh, great, great receiver for New England. Uh, yep. head Love Troy. Yeah. He's a head coach for there he is. Yeah. Is he is he coaching? On, uh, is he on like Bill's a, staff, or is he like, like a? Uh, I think he's like an analyst for Bill or something. Oh, okay. There you go. Head coach, wide receiver coach. So he's a offensive analyst for Bill's staff in New England, right? I think so, or administrative or something. What a, what a, what a good player he was, and a, and a and a real professional man. Yeah, like it. Hey, are you on this Domino Pizza commercial? No, uh, I'm not. I I must have got lost. My invite must have got lost in the mail. What is it? I don't so know. I'm watching, I'm watching Domino's pizza commercial. I, I feel like I want to have a pizza now. I don't eat pizza no more because I'm on this diet. I'm looking what? like you know. I got all the all the bit all the fat bitches like me now because I've lost weight. You know. I look at you cut up. What kind of? Uh, when's the last time you had pizza? Man, I haven't had pizza in a while. I'll eat pizza here and there. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not on the, some fucking you know tofu diet or nothing. But but I just pick and choose the thing. You know. You an In and Out guy, In and Out Burger guy. Hey, I'm gonna ask you. Let's put this fucking debate to rest real quick before we get out of here. In and Out or fucking Whataburger? Come on, dude. I'm Listen. trying to tell you why these fuckers think Whataburger is fucking. Well, Texans, now you want to offend them and you want to get in a fist fight. All right, I know. If no you doubt. say Whataburger blows, they're like, it's almost like you've been, you, you stole the money off the, out of their safe. Yeah, I know. Now, here's what I could tell you Whataburger's got some good stuff. The, when it comes to just the burger, in and out, in a, in a, in a walk, in my opinion. Yeah, but, I do, but, but, but there's a lot of different things. When it comes to the patty melt, the versatility of the Whataburger menu, they got these taquitos for breakfast off the charts. And the do I'm telling you two things. Get the damn the the it's a patty melt with the fried onions and it's really good. I think that's the best thing on their menu. And also it's a it's a buffalo chicken mozzarella on Texas toast sandwich. Hey, goddamn! Hold on, son. You're not supposed to fucking know the goddamn menu at Whataburger, by I, the way. Well, dude, I've lived here. I've lived in Texas, Dallas, and here 19 to 20 years. So of course I know the menu, but I don't go to it often. I just, I, I'm, I am, and the fries at in and out eh, fries are okay. The best fries are still McDonald's, salty and greasy. Those are the fries, but Whataburger's fries are fine. But the other stuff on Whataburger's menu for me is good. The Whataburger burger, hell, I'd rather just soon have the superstar with cheese at fucking Carl's Jr., okay? But don't tell that to a Texan. They'll, like, shit themselves. They're like, what'd you say? Oh, t- 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 in and out's ass, really. It's made fresh 
yeah. all the time. You got and you got to know the menu. In and out, right. they have a hidden menu. You got to ask for the fucking six ply or the four yes. ply. Or- Bro, four patties on there, right now. Like I said, Whataburger's fine. Uh, the other stuff on Whataburger's menu off the charts. But if you're asking me for a burger, I think Whataburger's burgers are a dime a dozen. I, that's just me. But you want to cause a – that's like saying that, you, that that in Texas they got better gumbo than they do in Louisiana, New Orleans, right? New Orleans, they'll fight you over that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, well, one thing I know about Texas is you ain't getting the pizza that you and I may be used to. Like, if you're a Chicago person – or if you like the Detroit squared up pizza or a New York thin crust, the one thing they don't have in in, in Houston per se, they, they could use an authentic off the charts full yeah. on pizza. And I'm and they love Tex Mex here in Texas, which I, I Tex Mex if that's what you want. But we've talked about it. The real Mexican food's down where we're from. Yeah, you ain't getting no fucking tacos in Texas like you are here. That's exactly right. So I can go, go up the street. Now, I can go. I can drive three minutes from here, and I can get the best fucking tacos you've ever had. Three minutes from my house right now. Exactly. And so you know they'll argue with me. Oh, Tex-Mex better than Tex-Mex real Mexican food. I said, say talk to somebody else who buying your bullshit. But I love Texas. There's some good food now. When you want to talk about barbecue, brisket, and, and ribs, and the way it's cooked here, like at the like at the the cookout on the tech for the. Uh, for the rodeo, hey, California, there's a lot of ain't touching the, the the barbecue here. Then you'll get in the fight. Well, Memphis and Kansas City barbecue, Texas can hold its own with any barbecue. Oh, uh, no doubt. Pizza's no doubt. not there. And beef, you want beef cooked, tri-tip, whatever, they'll throw this shit down. And you know in Central California, they'll tri-tip their ass off. Oh, yeah. If you go out into Bakersfield, they, yeah. they, they'll tri-tip their ass <laughs> off in Central California. But barbecue here. You know, Louisiana, you don't even mess with the soul food gumbo. And, you know, the, the, you just leave that alone. That's them. And that they've got some great food. But when it comes to fast food burgers, when they try to shove burger, what a burger down my throat, I say, give me the patty melt. And we're good. But don't talk to me. It's the best burger on the planet. Shit. You and I can whip one up in our backyard. Those are usually the best anyway, but I like hey, water burgers. Louis Burger, Louis Burgers in Compton, in the hood, in Luders Park, where I grew up. Louis Burger is the best burger I've ever had. Have you ever had a burger with pastrami on it? There was this place in LA. Oh, right? it's a Louis Burger. It is. Oh, dude, fucking right, fucking dude, right. It is about four or five blocks from the Coliseum. One of my best friends, Timmy Ware, in college, my wide receiver. He went to Centennial High, so he's from. Tough, you know, tough. So we, he said one night we were there. He went to, Com- he went to Compton Centennial or Corona? Uh, he went to Compton Centennial. Oh, well, he knows then. He's, he, he's probably talking Tams or, or Louis Burgers. Yeah, it's a, it's a handful of blocks away. So he said they have, you know, the bars on the on the ordering place because they don't want to get oh, rid of yeah, you know. Tam. He went, yeah. He's talking Tams. So we go, he says, Sal's, let's come on. We'll take you to Great Bridge. Just a hole in the wall in the street. He said, you got to come with me. And I said, what do you mean I got to go with you? I can't go alone. He goes, trust me. You need to have me ride along. Okay. And I said, oh, okay. So we're going to a place that if I roll in there alone, I'm, 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 I'm going to be in trouble. And this you're talking about in the mid-80s where Hell yeah. early to mid-80s were, you know, Hell yeah. tough, tough times, right? Hell so yeah. we rolled in there. But as an athlete, you just kind of say, well, I know all these fellas. I'm good to go, right? You kind of, you just don't even think about that. Well, we went in there, dude, and he got me a pastrami burger. 
because I love pastrami. And he threw it on a burger. He said, you're not going to believe this taste. And I walked out of there, and I thought, after we ordered it, you know, Tommy's Burger on Beverly and Rampart. I know you've been there, too, the original right there. But this place was off the, the, the pastrami melt in your mouth, the cheese, the burger was thick, the fries were it was off the, it was off the hook and it was you would never find it by yourself if two two do you know two guys from Rancho Santa Fe or Rancho's Palos Verdes rolled in there yeah, they never going to find it no shot that. no yeah. no he, that's what he he goes no your white boy's not rolling up in here by yourself he said come with me i said okay he said unless all the guys know you once you're an athlete and they know you go to USC they'll leave you alone but you're not walking up in here by yourself i said what are you talking about he goes get in the car with me we'll go together and then when we got there, I said it was probably wise that we went together. So yeah, you're not yeah yeah. Two milk toast white boys ain't rolling up in there. But when I rolled up with my guy from Centennial Compton, I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, I got a bunch of buddies of mine from Sarah and and the Shaw, all of that. Dorsey, that's it. They don't know anything about all this, do they? They don't know anything about this, do they? Fuck no. Hey, but, Louis Burger has got the best fucking burger and fries and 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 strawberry soda. You know, if you, can order, if you can order strawberry soda on the menu, you're in the fucking hood. Fanta? Little Fanta? <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. You can get strawberry soda in the hood, you're fucking in the hood. Well, I think you might be scared to roll up with the mean streets. I know you're afraid to wall up in, on LBC. I know you ain't waltzing up in there. We don't even go to the LBC because you can't get through the CPT. <laughs> and then, uh, you, then you had your ass about two hours south. You hit like uh, Highway 78 and Highway 5 and take an 18-mile endless hit, – hit Highway 78 through Oceanside, the O-side, and 78 east. Yeah, I take, know right where you put – I know right yeah. where you are. I go there take, all the time. Yeah, take you right, right into the mean streets. The freeway ends in the mean streets. You might not want to roll up in there. Ain't and, no fucking mean streets in Esco. You, you might, if you're going to roll up in there in my hometown – the mean streets of Esco, you better have your flannel shirt on buttoned up to the top. Hey, I walk, better, I walk, I walk, walk, walk butt naked through Esco. I won't walk butt naked through fucking Chula Vista. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you know what? The mean streets of Esco, probably not quite as mean as going through. Yeah, if you're going to roll up at Chula, you might want to Chula Vista, Castle Park High School over in that area. Yeah, I don't think you want any part of that. Hey, you're right on the border of Mexico, right? Yes, sir. About a hop, skip, and a jump. Now you want to talk about some taco shops, brother? Oh, and some, good, and some, and some good eats. Yeah, and some yeah. Freaking freak show athletes down in that area too, right? San hey, Diego, San Diego, San Diego Junior College is right there. Good friend damn of my right. coach. They're damn right. So you you know what it's like down there, man. You're gonna roll up, but I think you're scared, man. I don't know. You probably uh you probably hey. you probably went to Palos Verdes High School. Hey, hey, you can fucking jump on over to uh fucking Chula Vista, take a take, walk on over across the border. You can get you fucking ten tacos for two dollars. Street tacos, the real stuff now. Yeah, the real. You, you get ten it. tacos yeah. for two dollars, and you can get two fat bitches for twenty dollars. <laughs> and all of it tastes good. Let me and, tell you this too. Have you ever? Hey, I, 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 you know what? I, I, I gotta come out there because I, I need some carne asada. I need your girl to make me some fucking carne asada. But that's not. I I heard a rumor on the street. The word on the street. The word on the street is that. You tell everybody that yeah, you'll eat the pie, but if you do, you got to fucking eat the crust too. Is that true? Uh, I, yes, it is. So you eat the crust too? Uh, without question. 
without question. It's got to be right, right? It's got to be clean out the shower, though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Absolutely. Have you ever been to – you want to go to the – do you like to bowl, a little cigar and bowl? Dude, you know yeah. where the best, you want to know where the best midnight – we used to go all the time. We have 20 of us. We could pop in. You know, we'd go get street tacos. You want to know where the best bowling alley on the planet that I've ever been to? Where? Screw Hollywood and all that stuff where they got all that celebrity bowling alleys is Tijuana, dude. Oh, yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's clean. It is the best. We go midnight bowling down there. We go midnight bowling for a couple hours, pop on over on the street and get street tacos. Uh, so, like Re- Revolution? Revolution? Yeah, dude, and eat the street tacos, come back across the border, and get in about 4.30 in the morning. By that time, we're ready to go to Denny's and grab ourselves a moon over my hammy. You know what I'm saying? But we did. We did get street tacos. We'd go midnight bowling in Me- in Me- in Tijuana. I'm telling you, it's the the best, cleanest, really biggest. Oh, the 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 bowling alley in Tijuana was the best I've ever been in. That's really? how I got. Yes, I promise you. It was. It's as if the bowling alley was like in the president of Mexico's house. You know, I'm talking about it was just pristine. And wow. we, bowl, we bowl for two and a half hours, act stupid, and then go sit around and get street tacos while they carve that damn beef. You know, the street taco. Oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, man. But I, I know you're scared to roll into you're, – you're scared to roll into – dude, you're afraid to roll into Palace Verdes or Beverly Hills. Why the hell would you roll into LBC or come on down to the mean streets of Esco? You don't want any part of that, dude. You stay right where you are, man. I mean, you, you probably had some tofu, mix in a little bit of uh, – what else truly, guys, yeah, what else, yeah, what else you guys have over there at the Beverly Hilton with your fat cat? What else you guys do over there That pink hey. ho- at the Pink Hotel? What do you guys do over there? Hey, we're drinking some Trulies. A little White Claw mixed in, a little white wine spritzer. That's you. I know it is. Spritz, white that, wine hey, spritzer. Got is that a, let me see. Oh, that, oh, that's a vanilla cigar you're smoking? Man, well, step what, happened you, man? what happened to you? A lot, like I told you, man. If I ever fucking smoke a vanilla cigar, you need to castrate me live on this fucking stream. Well, what with what a butter knife? That's about all it'll take, won't it? This right here. Which, <laughs> you look like you're waiting. You look like you're waiting on this. Ain't the purge? Put that shit away, man. Hey, I might get banned for showing that motherfucker. Yeah, they're gonna. Hey, all of a sudden you see you're here helicopters. You hear the helicopters. They're coming to your house. This guy showed an illegal weapon. They're going to treat that knife like an AK-47 on the streets. Hey, I'm just cutting limes, man. I'm cutting limes from my goddamn Paloma. Paloma. Hey, you know about this in Esco right here? You don't know about this in Esco? Hummus? Is that no, hummus? No goddamn hummus. This is a michelada. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, I can't see. It looks like... Looks like hummus in one of those. You pull it off and go, yeah, I know what Mitchell. What are you talking this, about? Red? This is a mango nada. This is yeah, a mango nada rimming dip. Now I can see. Yeah, that's what you put around the rim. Yeah, I, that's I, what yeah. she said. That's what it she said, like, too. Yeah, it looked like that stuff you hold the hummus in where you open it up and dip your cracker in there. Um, I Do I know about a michelada? Come on, dude. Red beer. I'll tell you when red beer tastes the best after the night before if you're hungover the next morning. Drink, drink a red beer. That'll help you out. I'm telling you, quick, quick turnaround. It's like a quick change, sudden change turnover in a game. Go hey. deep, go deep the next morning. See, I just, I just man up and just take that shit and just keep drinking. I, you know what I mean? That's the difference between me and you, dude. 
man. Uh, what, dude, white wine spritzers don't get you drunk, okay? You're the guy that probably puts your pinky out when you're drinking your spritzer, too, don't you? You're that guy. Dude, what was it like when everybody else was doing things in the LBC and in Compton, and you're up there at Palos Verdes Country Club? Scared to go to Banning High School, want no part of San Pedro? You got no part of, you want no part of it. You're scared, man. You ain't well, you're afraid to roll up at the Dorsey or the Shaw because you might not get out. Hey, we went to San Pedro to steal everyone's girl and go back to the hood. That's how soft that shit is to us. So you rolled up in there, stole them, and left. You just like we did, just like we did all the San Diego hoes. Well, you better roll up off now. Stay out of my neighborhood. Get on out. Hey, we used to go in all the different hoods and snatch them. That's how that's how we thought of those hoods. We that ain't no hood. We thought San Diego was Beverly fucking Hills. <laughs> You'd waltz in, take them out, bring them back to the bring them back to the crib, huh? Hey, we think Long Beach is Beverly Hills though. That's how fucking hood we oh, are. Now you might want to stop. Don't overload your mouth with your ass now. Uh, Long okay. Beach, Long we call it Long Beach. Who's winning that battle? You or us? LBC or? That's a Hatfield. Uh, DPT, you don't even come, You can't even come through. There's cats in Long Beach that never even seen Compton because they they're scared. They cross that border. You say if you're scared by a dog, is that what you said? Go to church. Go to church. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I'm a, one of these days, I'm a couple of my fellas on here that are from Polly, and I know you got some fellas from there too. And I'm, we're gonna have a little uh, some laughs on that. You think the guys from the LBC are afraid to cross over? Into the into your neighborhood because it's just a little too rough for them. Is that what you're telling me? Fucking right. They know the truth too. Hey, let me ask you something, <laughs> dude. What? Let me tell you what. LBC and Esco, our area code or our zip code ain't nine zero two one zero like you live in. Okay. Hey, my shit's nine zero two one one. You don't even you don't know. Not, hey, you don't even want to know. You can't come to my area code and and get out of there and go back to nine zero eight zero two and and nine two five five three and all that shit where you're from. You got your ass kicked by Gar High School. What are you talking about? Never lost a guard in my life. Cerritos, Cerritos kicked your ass. Oh shit! We put our JVs in second quarter against Cerritos. Hell, we even had to go outside a little wealthier area, get Low Sal to come in there and open up a can on you. Hey, now Low Sal is one of the top high. I know. And Cerritos used to be all Asian. Right, right. Troy, Troy, Troy Aikman went to Cerritos, by the way. Before he went to uh, out to, uh, he was oh, out oh, in uh, yeah. Yeah. He went to uh, Troy is from. Not Broken Arrow. Is he Broken Arrow? No. He's not hey, Broken Arrow. Cerritos. He's born yeah. and raised in Cerritos, California, and then he moved right. out. Moved out to Texas, right, with his family, and then came yeah. back to UCLA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, I was hoping you go to Arizona because I'm going to go uh, to Radio Raw. i got to go speak to a few. Uh, we got to make an announcement here that's coming up next week. Uh, Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go Wednesday. Are you staying with Pat? Yeah. Pat, you know, Pat's in Saudi right now. They're finishing up. He just texted me. That's why I was laughing earlier. Right. He, just, he texted me something, man, that just, this motherfucker, man, is just unbelievable. I'm going to text you what he texted me, and and, and you're going to piss your pants because I'm just, like, laughing. My This guy's a fuck. I Pat, love him. Pat's fucking one of a kind now. He, 
He's in Saudi Arabia right now. They they play the, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, and then right. Sunday, and then they're out. Now he'll be back to Arizona Monday from Saudi. And they got no no tr- no tournament next week. He get to watch the Super Bowl in Phoenix. Then the Phoenix Open. He's not playing in it, obviously. But no, they're not playing the waste management. But uh, his wife's hosting the thing because all the PGA wives that are she's still cool with. They'll, yeah. they'll be they're staying at their house uh, when I'm there, uh, and uh, you know obviously everybody besides uh, McElroy they hate that motherfucker. But uh, so the the waste management's in Arizona. We're gonna be chilling for the Super Bowl. Then 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 they they go to Mexico. The live is in Mexico, and then they're in Tucson, and then and then I think. Uh, in April or May, they're in they're in Tulsa. They're they're all over. Uh, they're all over. Tell Pat, send him a text and say, when he's on the road, I'm gonna go to Scottsdale and I'm gonna use squatters' rights at his crib where he never got. I'm never leaving. Tell t- t- tell him uh, that we're bringing the we're bringing the group. I'm bringing my 90 pound bully, the lady. I'm bringing my 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 uh, Maltese and uh, Shih Tzu mix. Along with Kilo, my 90-pound bully, who's the most popular guy on the last chance queue. And we're going to roll into Pat's crib, and I'm, and I'm giving squatters rights at his house. Hey, look at that text message and just and just have a fucking look at that shit. That motherfucker texted me and said, how is this motherfucker beautiful? Just look at that text and just, and just, and just know where, where, where this motherfucker is. It's just unbelievable, man. Oh. Is he out of his mind? Yeah, don't don't show that shit, but just laugh at that. Just look at that shit, man. I just this motherfucker's something else now, man. I, I, I what, happened, what what happened to him? <laughs> what what is wrong with him, man? <laughs> he is out of his friggin' mind. <laughs> tell him, tell him he's gonna for, just for that. Just tell him just for that. He's going. He's going back to back doubles tomorrow. <laughs> I told him that. I said, you're going to shake that bitch out of fucking bowels tomorrow, motherfucker. He He's going to take back to back snowmen on par fours. He's going to go 8 8 to start. Six, he's going to post a 16 after two holes tomorrow. Hey, that motherfucker. Well, I, well, I got squatters' rights at his crib. Hey, that motherfucker, they hate Saudi Arabia's courts. They say it's the worst fucking. It's a shithole. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. You know how hot it is there right now? What is it? A hundred? It's a hundred degrees right now. But but they may hate it. But it's got to be well kept, though, don't? Isn't it? I know it's in the middle of nowhere, but they spend a lot of money on their golf courses, don't they? No, they only have one course in the whole country. That's it. Really? It's one course in the whole country, and it's it's fucking dried out brown. He said it's a shithole. It's just really. That's, that's just what they 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 got to go there to start. They ended the, they ended it there last year. They starting it there this year. I can tell you this: they're printing money, though. I know that. Like no other. You ain't lying. You are not lying, man. Hey, man, that motherfucker's crazy as a shit house rat. He's crazy, crazy as a shit house rat. But that's good crazy though. I hey, love so, it. so is your boy, man. I got to hang out with your boy, man. He he loves you to death. Uh, Jim McMahon, man. Goddamn. That's my dude, man. Hey, that motherfucker. You know he got his foot. He's got his foot issues. That motherfucker had surgery. He's he goddamn near amputated his goddamn foot, man. Dude, he and it wouldn't stop him from still living the way he likes to live, dude. That guy is. I'm gonna tell you one thing about Mac. He doesn't get cheated now on living on living life. No, there's he, no he, doubt. Re, 
He doesn't give a fuzzy rat's ass what anybody thinks. He does his thing, man. Uh, I'll tell you that. what, I I love him like family, brother. And I know you 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 got a taste of what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. Matt, yeah. Mac he, is he, one he of a kind. Over, he comes over and hangs out with Pat all the time. Dude, I I friggin' when him and I were teammates and he become a dear friend for all these years, dude, you can't imagine the laughs we would have. I'm talking about in-game laughs. Oh, I know. I mean, I that know pool. what you're saying. Yeah. I'm talking about we're in the heat of a game, and that's the one guy that – you want to take the tension out in a yeah. game? Yeah. Mac can do that. No doubt. Hey, he told me a story, though, man. I won't tell too much about it, but he was like – he's not too fond of Jim of, of Jim Harbaugh, and he said – he said that they, they brought this motherfucker in, and they were talking about, all right, this is their, your replacement, and he was like, this motherfucker can't throw the fucking football. He can't fucking do what I do. You want this motherfucker? He was just telling me a whole story, man. I was laughing my ass off. Uh, yeah, Mac uh, Mac and Jim are both tough. That's the one thing they do have in common. Yeah. On the field, tough as hell. But they beat to a different drum uh, in other parts of life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that no, reminds no. me. Do you know I found out a, an interesting stat? And I, the only reason I say that because it's the first I've ever heard of it. I found out today. I had a guy who's the weatherman in town for Fox here who loves our morning show. I go on with Fox 26 Sports maybe once every two weeks. They come into studio for, you know, sort of segments on TV. Well, the weather guy, he's a good dude, sends a message to me on Twitter. And I didn't realize this today. You know the shortest game in NFL history? Me versus Harbaugh, the Chargers versus the Colts back in the day? Really? We, we got it done in like two hours and 27 minutes. Oh, we kicked their ass in their building too. I threw he threw four picks. I threw a couple touchdowns. I beat him in his building, but I found out today, I love Jim, but he uh that's the shortest game, unless it went this year, shortest game in NFL history. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm not in many record books, but I'm in one. And it's a win in the shortest game in NFL history. I found that out today, and I had no friggin' idea. Hey, you, know, you, know, you know, you're gonna live a long time, but if you fucking passed away tomorrow. You beat John Elway's fucking ass three times. What are you, 4-0, 3-0? Yeah, I, well, I, I beat him in uh, – as a starter, I'm 2-0 against him. Beat him – beat him in college. Player, and was a player of the game in that game and beat him and was the NFL player of the week in the NFL. I haven't – as a starter, I beat – I haven't lost to Steve Young, Favre, Elway, or Harbaugh. I beat all four. I haven't lost to either one, any of those guys in, in games. Now, I'm, I might have lost to – Tell Joe Sixpack and Harry Hatchet ass a few times, but I didn't get beat by those four at, at, at any time. Hey, how about this shit right here? I don't know if you've seen the breaking news here. This is no, a- they're they're all better than me, but I got them. I, I I can always joke. I got them. And shortest game in NFL history. Hopefully, the way it's going now, that record has hell. That's Joe DiMaggio's record. We play three and a half hour games. There's no shot as many times they throw now of us. Yeah. Not playing. Hey, that's hey, hey. You, you can say they're better than you and all that shit, motherfucker. You're a one goddamn percenter. Stop fucking pull, bullshitting these people in this damn chat. You're a well, one. I know when I came out of school, I was the number one player in America. So, hey, and, and guess income. what? You were better than them that night. I know that. Yep. And I don't, I don't mean it arrogant. You know, sometimes you, you know, you got to overcome adversity. But oh, yeah. Now, when you line up and want to rip it in those days, I could throw it with any of them. I don't mean it arrogant at all, but I could. But. Shit happens, man. I love those guys. I love competing. Hey, let me ask you this. Breaking news just happened. Uh, if you haven't heard it, it's 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 a uh, 
it's another uh, Rumble in the Palace uh, event that just happened. Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland, throws the ball at Dylan Brooks, the same guy that got into it with Shannon Sharp uh, right. at the Laker game. And the crowd broke out. There's a massive brawl going on in Memphis against uh, against Cleveland right now, and the fans are involved. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, bad. Uh-oh, not another malice in the palace, huh? That's what they're saying it is. This right here, JB, this is Patron. This Let me see. What, what, what is that? Let me see this thing. Say hi, sweet baby. Holy sh- See, my pits wouldn't live with that. My big pit bull treats her. I mean, they they get you know they'll argue back and forth once in a while, but she's he she loves him. He protects her when they go outside. You know, hawks will fly around, and that big fella he stands there like he's uh, the the lion king. He ain't getting anywhere near her. Hey, I'm scared. I wake up tomorrow morning. That motherfucker right there would be a pillow. <laughs> yeah, this dog right here is my good snuggle bunny right here, man. What is that? That's a Maltese and Shih Tzu mix. Really? It's a she. Yeah, huh, Patron? You good girl, huh? And then I got my 90-pound ass whooper, who's a who's really a gentle giant, though. You know what I'm saying? Until he's pissed off. I got Good this 130-pound fucker sitting right here. Yeah. He, he, I took him to the dog food place today, and this motherfucker just ran rampant around the fucking place. And uh, he either wants to, you know, he's at that age. You know, he's rough. He's, he's pushing a year old. He wants to either, you know, Fuck everything he sees. Like chew dogs. everything, right? Chew everything, or, or, or just eat you know, everything. They can just, eat their ass off too, dude. I, I, I'll make steaks, and my, I get let my dog, my big bully. Now she'll eat steak too, but he'll eat three of them, and I'll get one. It's the truth. I mean, I just, I'm like, dude, and, and it's like he, he just gonna say that he did. That. He's a protein fanatic. You know what I'm saying? Love yeah, that. Same way. I, I, these motherfuckers eat better than me. It's the truth. My dog eats better than me. My big boy does. There's the kid. There's my kid right there. Thomas uh, just broke a run. Um, you know, I don't watch these all-star games, Sean. They, you know, they, I they, don't they, either. But I'm watching it because we're on. Yep. Yeah, unless we're working uh, for the for 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 a franchise and and having to really work this deal. You know, this is just a deal. I'll watch these guys on tape and break them down like we're going to before the draft. The the big the like the big six or eight guys. I'll yeah. I go back and watch a handful of games, and I'll tape them during the year in case I can't get tapes. So I'll go back and watch Levis, and, you know, I, I do that every year. So I always like to be informed on them. And then, the, you know, the guys who like Hendon Hooker, the kid from Tennessee who's got yeah. hurt, who maybe a second-day guy who could, you know, three years from now take over a job because he was really, really had a good year last year. It's a bummer that he blew out his knee, but guys like that. But we'll go back and watch. But I don't, I don't watch all-star games, bud. Yeah, this guy just threw a pick. He just threw a pick. Got hit and threw a pick. Got ball got deflected. Throws a pick. Uh, there's a flag down. I don't know. The referee though looks like this guy, Sean. Could be. Is he going to change jerseys with the, one of the quarterbacks here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Before we get out of here, I know it's late on your end. We got to get out of here. Let me ask some. Uh, I'm going to ask Matt McChesney tomorrow. I got Brandon Lang on my show tomorrow. Betting extraordinaire. Uh, let me ask you something. <laughs> Do you believe in uh, what uh, your old neck of the woods guy, Arian Foster, came out? And, and apparently it seemed like he was joking around, but everyone's taking it viral that he said there was, you know. A there script? Was, yeah. What's going on with that? Do you believe in that? Come on, man. No. Now, Foster was a great player. But let, let's stop now. Let me see the script. He's like a 
Aaron Foster, and he, like I said, he was a hell of a player, but he'll say some stuff that you're like, I mean, he might be a flat earth guy. I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I do. I like him. Yeah. I, he, there's no way he actually, I, I try to tell people, I said, there's no way he was serious about that. Cause that would make, that's basically saying that he was a good player because they scripted it. No, he was a good player. Cause he was a hell of a player, right? He could run yeah. great cutback inside zone guy. And, but the fact of the matter is, and that would be a slap in the face to all the great players at no time in my life. The only script we were ever handed was what seven on seven plays we were going to run that day on the offense before we went out to practice. So, <laughs> it, I, but what it did is it got a lot of people like, what is this true? Because, you know, conspiracy theorists will buy into anything. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, it, it blew up his podcast. Oh, of course. Of course. You say stuff like that, of course it's going to blow up your podcast. And then eventually you'll say, you know, I was joking. After you get three million more hits, right? And impressions. So, no. Lane Seawright Lane asked, why do some of these players have six different logos on their helmets? Lane, you must have never played football or been in an all-star game. That is what you do. You trade You trade. Uh, helmet sticker yeah. throughout the week because you practice with those guys, you become friends, you learn people, you meet people, and so they'll keep practice. those stickers on forever when they put it in their man cave or whatever. Is like this was my all star game helmet, and they'll also grab a helmet from their school that, that doesn't have the logos that they keep. And like, I got a Trojan helmet, and this is just they'll keep those logos on because those guys they're they're, they're you know making new friendships with their buddies and stuff, so. Hell yeah. it's, it, it's the equivalent of a jersey exchange, but just stickers. That's all it is. Hell yeah. Hey, they just showed a clip, Sean, of the old East-West game. Nate Burleson was running rampant on some reverses, and they were out there banging. Much, they were playing hard, unlike this game, and uh, unlike what we've turned into. Yeah, they were actually letting them hit and get after each other. Look at this right here. These motherfuckers are banging each other now. I like it. Yeah. Hey, Nate Burleson was a good player for the Vikings, huh? He was, yeah. Nate was a good player. And he's carved himself out a hell of a niche post post career. Good for him. Hey yeah, man, it's always fun fucking with you, man. God damn. I don't know what I happened know. to you. I don't know what happened to you, but goddamn. Dude, I need you know what? Like I said, but I'm the type of guy that if I went in and saw some psychologist, I've told you this maybe, that I by the end of the conversation, that person he'd be laying on a couch, not me. I'd have him so fucked up, he'd be turned around. He'd be like, well, dude, I can't, I can't fix you. Let me go over here and lay on a couch. You talk me through it. That, that's about, uh, I, yeah. I've I, 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 I flipped I flip more fucking, uh, you know, the head doctors, shrinks, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah, I bet them. you uh, put you a lot of them out of business, haven't you? Uh, I put them out of business. They, these motherfuckers, they're working at Walmart bagging groceries now. Dude, I'm a French fry short of a Happy Meal. I can tell you that right now. So, Hey, I haven't ate fast food in years. I haven't ate fast food in years. I think I, because I think whatever's in the Taco Bell is why all these motherfuckers are dumb as shit. The Bell, <laughs> go get yourself a meat red, red. Go get yourself a meat a, a red sauce burrito, dude. One of those meat hey. cheese red sauce burritos. Hey man, Taco I used to Bell. I used to eat in high school at Taco Bell. Oh, like you, you you could be full for a week on four bucks. Hey, I still know my order at Taco Bell. I haven't been to Taco Bell in four years. I, I bet your bitch mind. ass had a tostada. You're the guy uh, who had a tostada. No, fuck no, you no, asked it to. You know you what I mean? ordered you know a hard shell taco you know tostada. You know what I get? I get fucking 
a bean and cheese burrito, no green sauce, no onions with sour cream. The green sauce is off the charts. What did you just say? You don't like the green sauce? That's from Taco Bell. That sounds. Not, it might be. It might be the cream of some young guy. But me and my my pops used to love that green. The hotter, the better, right? My pops used to love to roll in when you know that was a, That's a paycheck to pay. You go in there and it was like a Friday night special. You order, you know, a few, like I said, your ass was like a, one of those a tostada with all that. It's filled with lettuce. All that lettuce, shit. That's yeah, all yeah. you eat like this. You eat like this. Yeah. You like this. A flat shell, hard shell taco, yeah, but it's flat. Like that? Yes, they'd put refried beans first, put a little bit of ground beef on it. They'd put a pound of lettuce and drop it off with two tomatoes on the top. And you're like, the shit would be falling everywhere. You didn't get any, you couldn't even, lettuce would be all over these clothes and everything. But I know bean and cheese, meat and cheese, greens. But you know what? I can't remember the last time they had green sauce at Taco Bell. Do they even still have it? I don't know. I, I, think, you, I think you go through Taco Bell tomorrow and you're going to order a fucking Enchirito. No, get, you, get your ass out of here. A churrito, yeah. I'm hey, gonna, hey, uh, hey, I bet you get the fucking churros, don't you? You get yeah, those yeah, fucking bitch, churros, don't bitch, you? I don't even have a churro at the fair. Okay, you eat those fucking churros yeah. and goddamn uh, nachos with just the chips and the cheese on the side, dude. When you go order nachos and chips, if you get nachos with the cheese at Taco Bell, it's come. It, you get the cheese is coming out cold. Like what? That, that's another thing I don't get at the ballpark. You go to a baseball game and these fools will come down. There's 400 chips, right? Carrying it down in that brown ashtray, four hundred chips, and a small thing of cheese that is cold by the time your bitch ass has it to the seat. Ain't no microwave at your seat. I'm like, who the hell likes cold cheese on nachos? That's not. While it looks good at a ball, restaurant, it's fine because it comes right out hot. And but at Taco Bell, do not get an enchilado. Okay, I'm sure as hell not getting uh, your your favorite, the tostada double lettuce. Okay, I'm not getting that either. Okay, and I did you? What'd you say? What else you say? I'm the guy that the oh ch, uh, ch, churri, What is it called? The churro, bitch! I ain't ordered a churro since I was eight. Okay, you get the fucking bag of churros at Taco Bell. That's all yeah. you get. You get You're, fucking churros and a fucking Mountain Dew. No, but I will. I haven't in a long time because I don't eat hey, there ta- very hey, often. Hey, hey, hey! Taco Bell Mountain Dew is the best fucking Dude. Mountain. Dew. Dude, I'll crawl 10 miles over broken glass for Taco Bell Mountain Dew. That's all I got. That or Dr. Pepper. Back in, I mean, yeah, Mountain Dew is. The, 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 when it comes out, you know, too, and the ice has it perfectly cold. Taco Bell, do the do, Mountain Dew off the charts. With a meat and cheese burrito. I do like bean and cheese, too. But honestly, bean and cheese were, you can't fuck up a bean and cheese burrito. You know what I'm saying? You better not. But you don't right. need onions in a bean and cheese. Taco no, Bell- no, 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 no. When you put and, onions in a bean and cheese, Taco Bell fucked up. That's why I got to order no onions. Right, and then, uh, but it, yeah, no churro. No, I'm not. I don't get ever get dessert at. at I call it churro dessert at Taco Bell. <laughs> hey, the greatest drunk food is Tommy Burgers. Tommy Burger on Beverly and Rampart, or Jack in the Box tacos, two for ninety nine cents. You order a dozen of them. Ah, uh, fucking right, man. God damn, you're. Yeah, we must have been brothers growing up. Dude, Jack in the Box greasy ass tacos. You don't yeah, know greasy ass tacos, man. You have no idea what they're made of, but you just eat the hell out of them. You know what I'm saying? And they are delicious. They might be cream of some young guy. You don't I don't know. care, dude. I don't care. It's cream of whoever it wants to be. I'm eating a Jack in the Box taco 
about once every eight or nine months, I'm gonna I am gonna just get a wild hair and go there. I'm hey, just if I'm drunk, it. if I'm drunk late night, Jack in the Box tacos, Tommy Burger, greasy ass chili cheese fucking burger, uh, or a fat burger. Go to Fat Burger. Fat Burger's right now. Yeah. But Del Taco, Del Taco. Oh, the the Del Meat Burrito. Come on now. Del Meat Burrito, sour cream, and a cheese quesadilla with no green sauce. Dude, what is your hang up on this green sauce shit, dude? What happened? What is wrong with you? What, I don't what fucking is... want green sauce on my shit. Dude, you are you gotta make sure no green sauce. Bitch, we don't have green sauce. Well, no green sauce anyway. Well, we don't have any green sauce. Hey, yeah. Del, underrated Del Taco, Del Taco. Uh, underrated. You get that big and that burrito's a big ass burrito too now. Hey, Del Taco will throw green sauce on everything now. So I don't hate. Okay. I'll participate. I like green sauce. Hey, I never steer you wrong. I only steer you strong. Yeah, Del Taco, fucking Del Beef Burrito, green, no green sauce, sour cream. Dude, are you the guy that goes into the pizza place and says, "Give me a, a large, uh, I want the meat, the the meat lovers pizza, no green sauce." They just ain't got green sauce at the pizza place. Okay, get off that green sauce kick, would you? Now I'll dip the hell out of my pizza and ranch, though. I'll promise you that. I'm really? a dip, I'm a dipper. Big time. Hey, I, I like I like dipping my pizza in the butter garlic sauce. I'm a, I'm I know I'm a pizza I'm a, a ranch thicker ranch dressing, and I'm also I'll I'll dip my fries in ranch too while you're bullshitting. I I'll mix I'll mix my ranch with barbecue sauce. Yeah, that's good too. That's yeah. good shit. They don't yeah. know about that in Houston. They don't know yeah. about that in H Town. They, oh, it's an H Town takeover. Oh, they don't. They're not. They don't dip like I do, dude. I'll. I'm a I'm a spy. I like it spicy and I like dip, but I'll dip the pizza. I'll dip in fries. Hey, tell me, tell me the truth. Uh, Jimmy Man was telling me that motherfucker used to play and call signals with dip in his mouth. Yeah. That mother. How the fuck do you call quarterback? Play quarterback with dip. He played. He he put a dip in while he in a game. That motherfucker's batshit crazy, ain't he? Oh yeah, I, I imagine Mac got to the point where he probably swallowed his chew. Yeah. And I, I know a couple buddies of mine. They just didn't spit it out. They just they just swallowed the chew. Hey, anyway. one of my old coaches, yeah. man. Nothing nothing like him. I never seen nothing like him. This motherfucker eat eat peanut M and M's, and 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 have a dip in and drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, and never spit the out. Just swallow the, the juice. Yeah, swallow got, the fucking yeah, juice. They, they just swallow the dip juice and the snuff, and it, it didn't matter. No it's, doubt, Red, Red Man, fucking Cope. Didn't, didn't matter. matter if they didn't have a cup to spit it in, or were somewhere they couldn't spit it. They just swallow it. I say I swallow that juice and I'll throw up, dude. Forget I that. know, I know, I, me too. No way. Hey, 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 hey. But I just I order my I order my snuff my Copenhagen with no green sauce. <laughs> hey, hey, you gonna fuck with? You're not gonna ever let me live that down. I, 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 if I see you, we're gonna go to Del Taco and we're gonna fucking get in the drive through. We're gonna film that shit, and I'm gonna order that fucking Del Beef Frito with no green sauce. And you know what? I guarantee though, you you don't. You, I've already figured it out. You 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 can't handle too much hot sauce, dude. You're so, you're a mild guy. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, see, I, I felt I, it. I felt it. You can't handle that hot spice, like hot horseradish in your uh, in your uh, shrimp um, in your shrimp cocktail. Oh, I, that's wrong. I make the best fucking shrimp cocktail you've ever had. I I, I make my own shrimp cocktail with horseradish, lemon, and some pepper. 
And, and I make it as a motherfucker spicy. It'll make your nose uh, run now. Oh, that yeah, clear it out. Now, the spicier, the better for me. You can't hey, make it hot enough for me. Best thrift cocktail in America, St. Elmo's, Indianapolis. Oh, dude. Great. That's one of the best steakhouses on the planet. I've had some some good eating there. Matter of fact, one of the great nights I ever had, me and Ditka stayed, and Ditka's got so much pull, they left that bitch open about three hours after just for him and I to sit in there because he loves wine. Smoked cigars, drank wine there, had some of the greatest stories on the planet. We were traveling with ESPN. They left on the plane to go to the next site. They said, oh, my gosh, you guys aren't going? Ditka said, no, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I said, I'm not going if Mike's not because I got to watch over him. We drank and, and ate shrimp cocktail and ate steak and smoked cigars till about 4.30 in the morning, went home, showered at the hotel. He got us a private plane. Mike and I flew in, and we beat the crew to the set in Philadelphia to interview Andy Reid for NFL Live the next day. That crew hey, of what, what, and you know what? We even, Dude, we didn't even sleep for much. You know, my, I said, Mike said, oh, we'll see you at 630 or whatever it was. We got, you know, he left it open. We just sat there and told stories, and the people saying almost left it open, right? We get on a private plane that he booked, fly to Philly, to Pennsylvania for training camp to do our camp tour. Ditka shows up, Mike. I friggin' love him, dude. He is a priceless and all timer. Hey, how, how's he doing right now? He's he's hanging in there, man. He's hanging. You know, he's had his hips, but he was yeah. going through. He's going through some. Uh, he had some health issues, but I think he's doing okay. Mike, I miss Mike, him on TV. I miss him on yeah, TV. Yeah, uh, Mike is one of my favorite people, dude. You would love him. I know. Love him. He's one of us. So. The next morning, I, you know, it's like 4.30 and you got to wake up to, you know how your eyes are burning because you're tired when you got to get on an early flight and you know you're going to work all day and you're like, oh, okay, I got to gear up. So we had to put a coat and tie on to get ready for, we got there so we could get started and get makeup on. Dude, Ditka's got a suit on with his handkerchief, slick back hair, looking like he slept 12 hours. And I'm telling you, he's got, you ain't, you ain't out doing Ditka when it comes to good times. I love, Mike is... I freaking hey. love that guy, man. You know why? Because he coached his whole life. He did not. He used to not sleeping like we yep. are, and, and he, we don't give a fuck. Work hard, play hard. He took. He treats. He treats me like he's always treated me like gold, man. He reminded me of my pops because he's tough, right? Ditka, I'm telling you, he's tough as hundred year old leather. Reminded me of my dad because Mike's is about as old school as it gets. Yeah. And if you're not working and you're lazy, that's the wrong cat to be around. Now I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. But he loves life, raised. man. That's how we were raised, right? Yep. Mike's – yeah. I hope you get a chance to meet him because he is – man, he's always treated me like gold, and I can't thank him enough. I – whenever he – I called him in the hospital when he when he had the – you know, when he had an issue and had to go to the hospital, and it's still the same. Talked and was energetic. This was a couple of – you know, a handful of years ago, and because I, I care about him, man. I care a lot about him, and he's, like I said – we work together at ESPN and through all the things. Mike is just, he's always treated me like, he make you feel like you're part of his family, you know, but still tough as hell and ain't, if you're soft, a hard, that's the wrong place to be. That dude's, he's built a lifetime on toughness. You know what I'm saying? A career and everything he's done. Nah, no doubt. Um, hey, before you get out of here, man. How many times are you going to say that? You said before you get out of here eight times a night, and you're going to come up with another story, and we're going to talk 20 more minutes. You know this. Hey, people love your ass. Uh, I put the link in the chat. If, 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 if any of you members want to call in, call in. 
Why don't you want to call in and ask Sean, a, ask Sean a, a question before we get out of here? Call in real quick so we can get the hell out of here before I have to say before we get out of here. And you can if, find me at Sean Unfiltered on Twitter if you want to drop it in my inbox as well. Yeah. Uh, on, yeah. On the thread. And, and, and we're different. We're different than everybody else because we fucking uh, are real. And if you want to ask a question, I just I put the link in. If you want to ask Sean a question, Sean Sean is like from Beverly Hills. He don't really talk to the novice fan too much. He's fucking <laughs> your ass. Uh, I, I am the novice fan. Okay. I'm if you want to call novice. in real quick, call in real quick. Uh, why don't anybody want to call in? Call in. Ask Sean a question. Uh, any question you want to ask him? Short, fat, skinny, and tall. He likes them all. Um, call in, and uh, we'll take a question. Uh, Wido's starting his own podcast. He's down in Florida. He, he, he's a white dude that can dunk. He, he got these dunk videos on uh, on, uh, on on social media. He, you know, he, he, tries to, he tries to bring that shit in the lane on me. I'll tell him to get that weak shit out of here. Okay. That's what, hey, I'm trying to tell these young cats. You wasn't dunking on me, Sean. It I'm happened. going to take your fucking legs out. No, I might grab the ball off the off the glass and take it the other end and and cup dunk on your ass, but. You ain't dunking on me. And if you do, you will pay for it. Hey, Ernesto said, who was the worst person you ever had to work with at ESPN? You know what? I, and I'm and listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with because I like everybody. I, I do. I treat, and I don't mean this as a pat on the back, but if you're an intern or if you're a superstar, I would treat you the production crew. I treat them all the same. I had great relationships. I like to think that um, – the feeling was mutual for the way they felt about me. Cause I care about people. I generally care. I'll be honest. Now people have their mornings and their days where they're having a rough day where they're in their mood. We all do. Hell, I'm sure some people at times thought, damn, he's, he's overly fired up today, but I was fortunate. And maybe it's because of the way I treat people. I, I, I at, at no time can I remember walking, getting off the set of a of sports center or NFL live and thinking, I can't stand that prick. I can't ever, th- I, I can't remember, honestly. Now, there may be somebody, a production where you're like, like I said, you had a good day and everybody's frustrated and, and you're wondering, are we going to get this done? And you're going, but pretty patient guy with that. I, I would tell you, if something comes to mind, I'll tell you. And I'm, I'm not a bus tosser. I wouldn't give specific names if it was somebody you didn't know. If it was all in fun and we had one of those days where we butted heads and got over it. But I, I, and I, I'm pretty transparent. I can't remember a time in my 12 years on television that I left to go home after a day's worth of work and thought, what an asshole this guy is. Now, some are different. There are stars there that have their thing and they get, they get treated like stars. But for the most part, some of the best friends I've ever had were the 12 years and some of the most gifted player people I've ever worked with were a cameraman. Uh, uh, an intern that now is running a different, uh, you know, is the boss at a network, the people who, you know, are PAs and production assistants that cut your highlight for you. I was honored to work there. So I hope that, and I think that they feel the same way. I'd like to hope they felt the same way about me, but I, I cannot. And I would tell you, I really would. If I thought, well, there's one guy I worked with who was a talent, but he was just a dickhead, but no, I was fortunate. Even if you had disagreements with somebody on set, you know, that you're in banter and that or behind the set over what are we going to talk about? I, 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 after 12 years, I left there. I, I can truly tell you, I didn't have any 
ill feelings for anybody when I left, and I would I would like to hope the same. Hey, uh, Eric, who's your uncle, Eric? Who's your uncle? Eric said he just realized you played with his uncle at SC. Uh, let me find out who he is. Why the, what up, man? You, you got, what, what's going on? You got a question for Sean, man? I know you got a question for Sean. You got, you, this guy has the best questions ever, Sean. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that, Coach. I always appreciate your time. Mr. Salisbury, appreciate you, Sean. I got a question for you. Uh We won't go football strictly as a sport personality, uh, a professional uh, media personality. Can you describe a good day and a bad day? In in the media world? Yes, sir. Um, A good day is when – see, I didn't ever use a teleprompter or anything like that. I I guess a good day is when there's – when there's breaking news to talk about and well, you know what? I, I guess it's also a good day. I'll tell you what a good day was. There's a lot of like breaking news where it's like, I'll tell you what a bad day was is happened to go to work and nine 11 happened and you were heartbroken and you didn't know. And the, and you had and then the, the editors and the bosses at ESPN. Cause I was in Bristol when it happened. And we were getting ready to do a show that morning. I'd just done sports center the night before and was going to work all day that day. And to go in and see the people and to be around what was a life-changing moment for our country and our world and for families to know that, to be able to decipher when was it okay to talk about sports again, that was a miserable day and horrible. A great day was when we got to go myself and Stuart Scott and Steve Levy and Chris Berman, Kenny Maine, when we got to fly to Kuwait, and for I think it was four or five nights, we did while during the war, do Sports Center live in the middle of the night for soldiers, knowing just how, and then throw routes to them while they're in their, you know, fatigues and their army boots the next day, and to hear them share their stories about how important sports was to them, because you almost felt embarrassed because you're like, man, why are we talking sports yet? They needed it. They, right. they told you they needed it. And to watch them hold the signs up like on college game day, but for Kuwait back to their families and knowing that you'd hope all of them were going home, that their families are missing them. And that we're literally entertaining them with sports. It was the, one of the great, and it was during a war. So they had to ask us if the group that who wanted to go and, you know, cause it was a dangerous when we left the, the, the base to go back to our hotel we had to and come to, and when we go to work, we had to close the curtains and have armed guards with us because just down, I don't know how many clicks away, but down the interstate, there, there, there was the war was going on. Right. We were fortunate. So that was that was good times for bad reasons because the war is going on. But 9 11 was bad. Another good day is when you get you're doing Sports Center and Stuart Scott's on one side of you and Dan Patrick's on the other, and we're laughing during the commercial and during the highlight. Or when Scott Van Pelt and Linda Cohn are there, the great days were, and I'm being honest about this, is you think about the people, and it's a, I love this question, I could go on and on about it, is the, it, the people you got to work with, because the different laughs, I can remember doing Monday Night Countdown. Wow. And, Chris, and Chris Berman, who is obviously is ESPN, right? We'd be ready to do, and the, the director would be in my ear, I'd be sitting in the chair, coat and tie, mic on, and ear, you know, my my earpiece in and we're five minutes from a live show for Monday night countdown before the Monday night game. And the Raiders would be getting ready to play the chiefs and a director would say, Sean is boomer in there yet. They said, no, he's not here yet. And 
two minutes before the show. Sean Boomer in there. No, I go, you guys, you know he's not here yet. Boomer never gets here two minutes before the show starts, a live show. And I'm telling you, countdown, there's a minute to go. And it's like, this dude's nowhere to be seen, and I love him. And there's, then there's 30 seconds to go. Sean, is he in there? And then the countdown starts. Okay, 20. Sean, let us know when he's in there. And I'm telling you, it's down to 15 seconds before a live show, and it's me on the set, and nobody else is there, the camera people. And we're all looking around saying, okay, we know he's going to walk through that door, and he will be in his chair by the time that red light goes on. And I'll be damned, dude. He come walking in there, and it'd be 10, 9. He's got his tie. You know, Boomer's trying to fix his tie. It's all over the place. He's trying to straighten it up. The jacket, the, 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 the one of the part of the collar's out, and he'd fix it up. Three, two. And it'd go boom, and the open would start, and they'd go, okay, Boomer, live, on camera, the on camera. It'd click to a one-shot or a two-shot, and he'd say, welcome to a special Thursday night edition of Monday Night Football. It's the Chiefs and the Raiders. And we'd laugh, and we'd get going, and it never fails. And the dude was brilliant because it just that was him. Then there's the opposite, Mike Tirico. Yep. who the camera could go out, the building could be on fire, and Mike would make it would handle it as if everything was as smooth like sitting on the beach drinking a cocktail. Professional, I mean, smooth as it gets. So guys had a different way of doing it. So every the truth is most days were good days because we're talking sports. That's right. We were laughing during highlights. And when you got Van Pelt sitting on one side of you and Stu Scott, how can an 11 o'clock highlight not be off the charts, right? That's right. And now, and a funny so, one, Sean, if you're stuck on an island for a month and can only listen to three artists, who would they be? Music? Yes, sir. Uh, Led Zeppelin, top of the list, greatest rock band ever. Uh, Elton John, and I'm going to tell you why. Because every song you can sing along, and he puts That's on great. a great concert. Now, listen, if a, now you're saying stuck on an island, and with that, then I got to go, so I've had that. You know, if you're talking about who I'm stuck on an island with, if you give me a little bit of... Uh... They're not with you, Sean. They're just playing over the loudspeakers. Oh, okay, so the trees. I was going to say, if they could put in person concert, so I've got I've got to have the smooth, you know, maybe, you know, I love Philip Bailey's voice, but I don't know, Keith Sweat, if you want to relax and get you into that. Oh, God, dang, God. Yeah, dude, Keith Sweat. You don't um, know about Keith Sweat. But I, but, but I got to listen for those days when I got to get pumped up, Led Zeppelin, and if I'm going to go like Prince or Elton John that can give me where it's, you know, sometimes you got to sing along with all of them, right? That's right. Hey, just because you want Barry Manilow, bitch, sit on down, okay, JB? So that would probably – but Led Zeppelin would have to be it. I'd have to have some smooth so I could relax at night if you've got a book in hand. And then I'd have to have the tweener, the entertainer, the front man, the – like the sing-along guy that we know every song. So probably Elton John, Led Zeppelin, and if I'm going to slow it down, the, the, a Keith Sweat type of person would be me. Hey, uh, hey, Sean, did you play with Todd Steele? Oh, yeah, sure. I play with, he was a fullback and running back for us. And you want to talk about a tough son of a bitch now. I love Todd. Todd was – he was a big, tall – Dude, and if you you didn't want to throw hands with him either, dude, I got news for you. That's, Bad one, idea. Of the, that's one of the uncles of the guy in the chat here. Oh, tell him I said hello. I love Todd. Make sure you tell Todd hello. Todd was a, Todd was a, just a quiet teammate, fun teammate, and tough as hell. Love him. I haven't seen hey, him in a hey, long time. 
Hey, another question. How uh, I just got to hang out with the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. They're now the Elks because we're soft. We changed the name. How was your time in Canada? I, I, I'm starting to get more and more uh, Canadian love. Uh, got to hang out with Chris Jones, head coach for Edmonton. Right. Great dude. I, great dude. I, I How was your, you love Canada? I love my time because it was great for me to go there and get experience because – I know Mike Riley, you know, who coached it at Oregon State and Nebraska. Oh, yeah. And Mike was my good, good, good friend of mine. Chargers, yeah. Mike was my coach and one of the best humans of all time. Oh, he is a great I, man. I got there to Canada after two years in the NFL. I wanted to go get experience and play. And I got there, and within weeks I was starting, and we won the Grey Cup. Yeah, no And shit. I got to call a lot of my own plays. For the most part, I called my own plays most of the season. Mike let me. And so I got great feel for that part of the game. And uh, how, was that high motion? how was that fucking high motion? Dude, the very first time I came to the line of scrimmage, I'm there and these guys, and I'd watch CFL, are running towards the line of scrimmage. I stopped in the middle of the cadence. And Coach <laughs> Riley says, no, no, Sean, we're allowed to do that here. So it was weird to time it up. And, see, you don't do the timing of it. They do. Those slot backs, yeah. you just go through your normal cadence, and they just get on a run, and they get going. And so that was that. But I had a blast because we had a great parade after the Grey Cup. We went on the road in the rain and won an exhibition stadium in Toronto. We came home and we beat Hamilton in a driving snowstorm. And then un- we, we played the Grey Cup and beat BC. It was like 50 degrees. It was warm for that time of year, but it was like 30 mile an hour wind. So we had all of the different weather and we won that Grey Cup. Um, and it was a great thrill. No matter when you win a championship, it was, it was big. And my teammates were friggin' awesome. So I had a blast, man. And, Coach, for you and Sean, knowing what you guys know, you've been through your days, you see what's in now, you're still involved in the game. We know we got a soft generation, Coach. If you guys had to redo it and we're in high school as quarterbacks right now, do you think you'd succeed more than you did back then in today's era? JB? Uh, I don't know about myself personally. I don't know Sean either because we, we're going to – I don't know if Sean and I – we'll adapt because I think – we, we, we adapt or die. I think we are both – Sean and I will both adapt, but I don't know if – I don't know if that would uh, be the detriment to us because I think I'm still going to be me. Sean's still going to be him. I don't know if these guys can adapt. They, they would have to adapt to us as well. Yeah. So I don't I, know. I don't know. That's a hard question. My, my DNA, the mental – the toughness of preparation and getting after it where some people get sensitive because you're overly competitive – I would probably put it on. They're going to have to deal with it. I'm not changing that DNA. If you're talking about, and I don't mean this arrogant at all, if you're talking about athletically as a football player, I coach some four and five stars that are really good players. Hell, that that, that plays. I, 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 would, I would thrive in this too because they couldn't hit me and I could move before I blew out my knees and jump and run. Hell, I'd, I, I, I'd be USA Today, USA Today Player of the Year, three straight years. That's what I'd have done. I, right. I'm being a little bit facetious, but would I? Would I have? Would the athleticism? It played in 1980. It would play now. Um, arm wise and accuracy and mechanics. If I had the same teaching growing up, uh, with that the tough part of it because that's the way I was raised by my dad. I guess probably the harsh part of how you go about your preparation. Some do, but I'll never change that old school. I'm not, I don't like to offend anybody, but I'm not waiting for somebody to prepare and be on time like I would. So if that offended somebody, then they're going to have to get over it. But as far as on the field production, throwing it and, and pushing it around, I, I, that there's, 
that what played in 1981 and 85 and 86 or when I was in high school and college. And no I, one might even better now because I wouldn't be taking the same hits. And off the field, knowing who you guys were as as kids and growing up 18, what about the off the field social media iPhone world that we live in? I would have during high school would have been easy. I I didn't have a sip of alcohol or any of that stuff till I got to college. I that stuff I stayed away from. You know, I was uh, uh, you know pretty straight laced most of the time. I like to think I'm still got some morals and values, but I would have hated social media as a 19 year old. I, w- I would have friggin' hated it at 20. And that's the one thing about these kids that they, what they're exposed to and what they have to deal with. Now you get paid to do all this stuff in college and high school yep. and they get more access to, to training and all that. But I do not envy that every, every, a lot of guys will say it. If they'd had cell phones by then, hell, nobody would have played pro sports because they'd have been screwed the whole time. But I guess you could say that about every era. But I, uh, I, I am, I think that the, I wouldn't want to be, if somebody said, you want to go back, if I knew what I knew now, it'd be fun to go back. But if they said, you want to live in the social media area as a high school, college, professional athlete, no thanks. Yeah. It's tough and enough I, to live it even if you're not an athlete. Right. And I asked JB and he said it wouldn't be good for him because he'd have too many girls. There'd be too many, too many girls on his lap. Shoot. Shoot. JB, seriously. You know what, JB? You, 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 you can't even run your own nose. How are you going to run a relationship? <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't run relationship. I, I got hoes. You run the game. They got to eat, though, don't they? Hey, hoes got to eat, too. But the truth is, in all that, I, uh, and I raised by a great mom and dad. I screwed up plenty in my life, but I sure as hell, because you know, we get guys getting in trouble for stuff that people used to laugh at, you know, a cuss word or something. Now, if you get caught cussing, hell, we can't even coaches cussing at somebody on a high school field, even if you're just cussing out loud. And if you're at a private school, they'll fire the coach. Yeah. They'll, they'll probably at a high school. I mean, not all the time. So I'm not saying cussing's a regular thing, but I grew up that, locker room whatever you said i was not offended by any of it right nowadays i guess we're supposed to be offended by stuff but i think i i'm one of those guys that looks at people and i i try to believe that most people mean well i, I really do i try to believe it now some people will disappoint you but for the most part i think people you know especially when they try to goat you into a fight and then when you say come on man and are kind they kind of get out of the mode they're just trying you know so i but i wouldn't want to be involved in the social media thing because there's guys out there that are good players that some person that never played cusses them out and says they suck, even though they're not a hall of famer. And there are players out there that'll believe what somebody's saying about them on social media. It's it's in the mental health for some of these guys is social media has ruined it for the normal person, for the athlete. Um, It's been great in some ways, but I also think it's a detriment in other ways. So I wouldn't have liked it. Nice. At times, I don't like it now, but I'm grateful for friendships carved through social media that you never thought you'd have buddies that you never got to, you hadn't seen in thir- not like Todd Steele. I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have known that was his cousin. And like, I think about Todd, but now we'll get the message out and hopefully we'll be able to catch up and talk again. That's hey, I mean. how was the competition in college with Rodney Pete? Well, I was when Rodney came in, Rodney and I are, he's one of my very best friends, the love we had for each other. I was, a mentor to him. And he'll tell you that uh, uh, for the longest time. And when I left, he took over my apartment. I left bed and everything. And Rodney moved into my place when I left school. 
but I was a four-year starter at SC. I started as a sophomore. I won the job spring of my freshman year. Rodney was a couple years behind me, but won the job, blew my knee out. My the we were numbered one of the top teams in the country. Shredded my knee seven games into the season. We were six and one or seven and one. Came back my junior year, started rehabbed it. Uh, played that season. Came back my senior year. Cause you stayed four years then JB, you know that we knew we didn't leave school early and shredded my knee again, both of them at Arizona state, same knee. And I came back for a red shirt year, which I wouldn't have had a red shirt year because I was going to leave after that senior year and played that in the last two games of the season. Um, I had played bad. Rodney took over the last two games. The competition was great because we pushed each other, but I was ahead of him. So I was a starter until the last couple games Rodney, maybe it was his red shirt freshman year or year. And then he took over and had a great career Heisman trophy guy. But I, I, Rodney and I's comp at that stage, even when he took the job, the last couple games of my last year is I couldn't have rooted harder for a guy, pure class, love him. And so we had, I mean, I left USC as the all time leading passer. Now guys are throwing for those, that those yards in one year now, right? Cause we ran yeah. the ball. But even after two full seasons missed, I, I'd left as their all-time leading passer. But, you know, Rodney and Carson Palmer and Sam Donald, they blew right by that. So we had some really good players. But our friendship, Rodney and I's friendship, has lasted 40 years. And we're still dear friends to this day. And it was a competition to get better. I knew how good he was. But I, I, I took the role while I was a starter, still mentoring him because I knew he was going to be special one day. Rodney was these dual threat quarterbacks before dual threat was in vogue. Rodney could throw it and run it. Yeah. And last one for me, coach, I don't want to take too much. We got to get you guys out both you guys legends. I appreciate it all the way from Florida. Sean and coach as players, is there any gain, any loss that you still can't get over to this day? Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I, can remember incompletions far more than I can touchdown. I people ask stats honestly, and it's not like brushing off like I really know, but I, I I don't know, but I really know. I be honest with you, there's very few games that I can tell you, in my, and I got a memory. I can, I'm a wealth of useless knowledge. I can tell you what, how many touchdowns Bob Greasy with the score and how many yards Bob Greasy threw for in in his first Super Bowl win. But my own stats in football. I can't tell you today, I promise you, I can't remember 20 touchdown passes. Oh, yeah, that one. Now, if I thought hard and watched tape, it'd remember. Yeah. But I can sure as shit tell you. And maybe that's a bad thing. But I, I remember Dick Vermeil telling me once, I said, what, what, yeah, I said, do you have any regrets? He said, Sean, I regret not enjoying the wins more. And I'm with him because I, I suffer far more over the interceptions and losses then I did celebrate the wins because I always felt like, okay, we got the win. I, did, I, I didn't let it fester like in the offseason like you should. I was always thinking about, Sean, you threw – like, for instance, in a CFL game, I threw for almost 600 yards in the game, and I think it was six touchdowns. And I left four touchdown passes on the table, one overthrowing a corner route, and I'm still bitter – not bitter, I'm still like I can remember that. But I don't remember who I threw the six touchdown passes to in the game. Yeah. And so – they stick out. I can remember my, my high school year. We were playing against a rival, and we were driving down to win. And on about the four yard line, three yard line, 
me and the center, we were under center because we didn't get in the gun because you didn't trust that the center could, you know, was going to snap it consistently. And we fumbled the snap and they recovered down by the goal line. We lost. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't forget that. That was high school. High um, school. High school. I, I regret. Uh, my, I, in college, we came back on the opening game against Florida, went 46 yards with no timeouts. I mean, we went 80 yards, no timeouts, 46 seconds in front of about 95,000 people, both ranked. I threw, I threw a ball into the end zone from the 30-yard line. It was incomplete. Game over. Florida had 12 men on the field. We got a, a, one, a zero-timed play. I threw the ball as hard as I could into three in, on a post route to Timmy Ware, caught it for a touchdown, got hit by three guys. We tied the we, – we went, we went up. All we had to do is kick the extra point to win, and we, the, the, they, they muffed the extra point, hold, and kick. Never got the kickoff, and so we tied. So it was the biggest swing of emotions ever. 46 seconds, no timeouts. We went the length of the field and threw a zero – all zeros on the clock extra play because of a penalty – touchdown I'll, I'll never be making that throw throwing as hard as you can on a line and hitting a guy it's hard to make those when you throw it as hard and you know you had to throw it as hard and I can remember going from cheering the crowd going crazy to my defensive back receiver coach he was coaching DB at the time Nate Shaw crying because of wow. the emotion of winning and then tying and we didn't have overtime then so we had to settle for a tie and it was it was a bummer and in the NFL I, I regret the way I played after we went down and scored a touchdown in a playoff game, I got a little too into the first score and I didn't settle in. And I think I let my team down because I was little in, I was a little erratic in the game. I was, I felt calm, but I never settled into the game against the, the Washington Redskins, the Redskins at the time. And I felt like my team was good enough to win a Super Bowl, And I felt like I let them down. And I, I but I remember more bad than good in my, in my playing career and I had far more good than bad. I did in my, from high school on, I don't mean it arrogant. I just did, right. but I don't, I, I remember, but I, I, I remember the good more in baseball and basketball, which were my favorite sports growing up and in through high school before I got to college. But I don't, I, I have a lot of regrets that I wish I could have back. And most of them aren't regrets that I wish I would have done it better for me. The for regrets team. I have is that I let teammates down. I hate that. It's a true pro right there, Coach. And I heard you guys saying a little basketball talk like you'd foul me. You guys would be out the game, and I'd still dunk. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Yeah, you don't, want line line. You, don't, you, don't, you don't want me in there, man. You don't, you don't want, you don't, see this right here? I clothesline you, dog. Well, see, the you, first one, you do a floater. Okay, you're going to clothesline me. Then later on in the game, you're a little tired. That's when I rise up on you, Coach. Well, What's you could, you could go ask Cliff Levingston, former <laughs> first-round pick from Wichita State at Morris High School when I was a sophomore. He was a senior. You could go ask him how many I hung on them in a playoff game in San Diego. Or you could, my guy, you, you could go to my guy who I love and God rest his soul, one of the great scorers of all time, Wayman Tisdale. You guys know Tiz, obviously. That's one right. of the great all uh, – might have led the nation in scoring at Oklahoma, but was one of the great scorers ever. Went in, our, in the Las Vegas Invitational, which is one of the biggest tournaments in the country. We, we both made the all-tournament team, and I – hung 30 plus on him or you can go to Johnny Rogers who was a McDonald's All-American 611 and I'd 65 and we played in a tournament against him he's from uh he was a, a big redhead went to Stanford when I when I hung just under 40 on him so you can go whatever way you want when it comes to hoop 
and and we'll leave it there. So get that weak shit out of here, and then come see me when you really like that. After it, okay, I like that, Coach. So, like hey. you say, where's your resume? He just brought it out, Coach. Hey, you know what's crazy? You know, it's, while I'm over here talking all this shit, you know how the fish story gets bigger. Those are true fish stories. Oh yeah. But um, I don't know what it is, dude. When I played against good players in all sports, I always played better. But oh, I, it was weird. You know, it was weird. And I said maybe I'd have played better in my whole career, but always humbled by those guys. They they got plenty of they they got they scored enough on me too. But I, I seemed they, great players made me elevate my play because I felt like I needed to, so I wouldn't embarrass my teammates or myself. Hey, why do I leave you at this? I ain't gonna brag, dog. But you know, I was a six man. The other five were NBA fucking starters. I'm just. Uh, I know, cause you had the best school. I know it, dog. Yo, where, where'd, you, where'd, you, where'd you play at high school? Where'd you play? You had OB, the OB brothers, right? Hell yeah, man. James Cotton, DeAndre Austin, Andre Miller. We had them all. Andre Miller, Utah Andre Miller? Yeah. Dude, but you had no handle, though. I, I, hey, man, you reach a good team. Jimmy Crack Corn. Jimmy Crack Corn. You reach a team. Hey, Jimmy Crack Corn, though, John. Hey, Sean. And I had post moves. I had Kevin McHale post moves at 6'3", 6'3 half. Fake. You know what you are? You're fake white chocolate looking mother. That's who you are. I'm out of Jason Williams. But I, I would dunk on you, but I, I didn't have the boosties where I would jam down the line two-handed, but I'll get that one hand on your ass. Dude, I'd like you to come down that low block to me and let me pin your shit against the backboard. That's what I like to do. Ain't going to happen because I'll, I'll switch it to the left. Oh, and kiss it off to Plexi? Boom. Yeah, English on the left. English. left. Little, little, little English on it. Little English. They like to say off the window, right? Uh, and a little English on it. A little English. A little touch. Yeah. I'd like Shit. that. Uh, you're the guy that if you drew me, you know what I'm yo-yoing up and down as I cross half court. Yep. You're that guy who comes out and plays like the coach's son, trying to roll up on me and like chest up while I'm yo-yoing up and down. You're that guy that I look at and give you one of these like, you really want some of this, dude? I'm about to t- I'm like Larry Bird. Yeah. I'd look over at your teammates like OB and the rest of the guys and, and Andre and say, You sure? Try to let this white boy guard me. Hey. Are you kidding me? And I'm a bad me, one, though. I'm a bad me, one. They call me Jimmy Chitwood for Hoosiers. Oh, hey. The picket fence. Shit, I lucky I can't share my screen. I'll show you something. We could do <laughs> I need to get out there in Cali and coach this half court. I'll show him a little game. Yeah, I think you got game. JB, you don't want any part of this low block, do you? Yeah, you don't want me in the post now. You don't want me in the fucking post. Yeah, up top is a liability for coach. I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah, you're the guy, though, because I love you, but you're the guy I'd love to play against because I'd have been, we'd have been fighting, dude. Yeah, fucking Cause right. Because you, you'd have been talking right. all that shit. I'd have gone elbow to the throat, all that Hell shit. Hell yeah. I, I love it, too. And you know yeah. what? Back in the day in the street, we didn't bitch about it. No, you just got back up and did it. When it was all done, you hugged and said, I'll see you for game two in our league championships. <laughs> hey, That's right. It was always yeah, a series. Yeah, it was right. always a series. Right. right. And one, and one. Uh, fuck, that's all it is. And you know, we'd say if, if if the season, if it was like the the playoffs and the season was over, and you'll anybody that's listening from San Diego, I'll see you down at Muni Gym on Saturday, bitches. Damn. Okay, get there early because we're gonna hold court the whole damn day. That's what Muni Gym in San Diego. You don't want any part of that, JB. Matter of fact, JB, stay where you are. Stay out of Diego, man. You don't want any part of that. Don't come down to the mean streets. Okay? Hey. We only played at Lewis Park. Magic Johnson and then would roll up. That, and by the way, he didn't win every game. By the way, just throwing that you, out. You there. just wanted to just just want to put that out there. Just had to put it out there. You're out of your mind. I'm going to bed, dude. You know what time I got to get up? First of all, you know what kind of hell I'm going to catch when I shut this computer off? 
Do you, I, do I know, you know this. Um, you ain't getting no fucking carne asada. Yeah, yeah. This was supposed to be an hour and fifteen minutes. It's oh, three, three, three hours. hours and twenty minutes. Well, I'll speak for the chat and the entire show. Sean, Coach, we appreciate all your guys' time. You're the man. Nothing Great questions. You are really good at man. You, you guys like you are the reason we can get to do this and look and sound and look halfway decent. And you are a great question asker. You're exactly right. Well, I appreciate it. I'll get guys, it off. I'll, I'll let you guys know. Why don't you guys both pop on a plane and come to Texas? We'll go play in an indoor gym so it suits you guys, right? I'll just grab well, some seventh grader. I'll take you two bitches to school. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. I, love, I want to play outside. I, that's only where I play is outside. That's, that's where we grew up. I ain't a math major, but I'm a hustler. Coach, Sean, go. I thank there you, you guys. Thank you so I love right, you, right, Thanks. Hey, Wino, thanks, brother. He's a good dude, man. I love him. Yeah, he's a good dude. Hey, man, you're fucking, you're fucked up. Yeah, I know. And it's what time is, dude? It's eleven o'clock. Is it? Yeah. No, no it's, it's ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. I'm about to say, well, I'm about to open a can. I got to get in the sheets, dude. I got to shower. I got, I got done bullshitting with you. Okay, I'm just done bullshitting. Hey, go drink your white wine spritzer and leave me alone, man. No fucking carne asada burrito for you. No California burrito there. Yeah, dude, the, the California burritos for somebody like you who lives in Palos Verdes. I've got hey, my it's, it's, it's eight o'clock. I'm gonna drive down the street and give me a fucking uh, bean and cheese burrito with no fucking green sauce right now. Yeah, make sure you say no green sauce. That it only exists in like two drive-throughs now. One of them's Del Taco. Okay. I and love then, you, man. Thanks to all the people who chimed in, man. Love you guys. All in good fun. All right, man. I'll talk to you later on. Right on, brother. Thank you. Later. See you. Hey, I appreciate everybody. I'll see you guys first thing in the morning right here on the Coach AB Show, 6 a.m. I'll see you on the other side. Don't uh, join me in the morning. Brandon Lang joins me in the morning, and uh, we're going to talk some betting, and uh, hopefully you don't drop no F-bombs, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Love you guys, man. Peace. The last chance cube. Let's go. And I just cannot wait to bring over 60 years of knowledge and experience to not only the novice football fan, Sean, but to the veteran football coach as well. You love it. You better live it, drink it, eat it, smoke it, and then every now and again, wake up with it laying next to you. The premier football coaching show on the internet. I've looked forward for the longest time to be with somebody whose energy and knowledge of football and teaching and no nonsense, but understands the old game, the in-between game, the new game, and combines them all. Last chance cue with the great legendary Sean Salisbury.